in four, three, two, one. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> What's up? Hi, Joe. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Now we're on the radio. Fantastic. It's three thirty-one. Right. Uh, Twenty-nine minutes before four o'clock. Here's Val with the weather. Hot, hot as fuck. Back so, to you, Jimmy. Wow. So how we got a car fire in the breakdown lane. So you were getting emotional in the green room oh. listening to Henry Rollins talk about Putin. You're about to quote Chomsky. Like what, Yes. So what was that? he was I just caught the end of it. I went in the green room and I like you know everybody loves Henry Rollins, right? And um, Except Henry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's yeah. why he's so good. <laughs> maybe that he's, maybe. he's constantly grinding. You know? Yeah. But he was doing that thing about, uh, oh, Putin, you know, there was a journalist who wrote a book about him, ended up dead. Putin's mm-hmm. a bad guy. He's a bad guy. As opposed to who? Well, no, but he, you, you mean he's definitely a bad guy, right? We all agree that. Yeah, who, of course. Yes. But, I mean, just because other people are also bad guys doesn't negate his point of Putin being a bad guy. What he was saying is just that it's very bizarre that the Republicans, these people that were, you know, at the forefront of the Cold War. These ones who are always, you know, I mean, these are the people that remember Khrushchev banging on the desk, you know, saying, we'll bury you with, with Kennedy. And these people are now, like, they're whitewashing Putin. They're essentially, like, trying to paint out Putin to be a good guy because Trump is in this position where he's trying to be friends with this guy. So, uh, well, here's the quote I wanted okay. to send you. Right. Please. So that whole thing, if if Nuremberg laws were applied, then every post-war American president would have been hanged, since, says Noam Chomsky. Uh, Putin kills journalists. We just torture ours. <laughs> so, I mean, Chelsea Manning is a whistleblower. We took Barack yeah. Obama tortured her. So yeah. uh, we have our president. Uh, our, 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 we have presidents and vice presidents who are, are legit war criminals <laughs> that walk around today. They had a torture program. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know Barack Obama got a peace prize, and then he had a kill list. A peace prize went in with a kill list, <laughs> a drone kill list. Would you keep the kill list next to the peace prize? Where do you keep those two things? Are they anyway? So this Not only I, that, some of the people that were killed were American citizens with no due process. With no due process, and so it nobody has a problem with Trump being buddy buddies with Benjamin Netanyahu, who is a psychopathic maniac who shoots who shoots with precision uh, 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 medics who are tr- trying to help people and nurses and journalists, well, by the way. But well, some Israeli troops right, have done that. Israeli yeah. troops do that. That's a, a, a really depressing thing. You know, I had Abby Martin on, and she sort of illuminated that whole situation to me. I really didn't know how bad it was, nor did she until she went over there. Right. And, you know, just experiencing what it's like that the, the it's crazy that people that went through the Holocaust that realize the cost of dehumanizing an entire race of people now are capable, at least some of them are capable of doing that to the Palestinians. Yeah, it's 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 kind of mind blowing. So when to hear, and I have friends who do that. Everyone's doing this, right? Everyone's getting caught up in this hysteria. That's why there's a word called hysteria because it happens, and we're in one. And you know uh, what I like is what Noam Chomsky said about this Russia hysteria that's happening. He said, if you care about effects on our pristine elections, which he said very sarcastically, he said, if you care about what's affecting our pristine elections, the Russia gate is the last place I would look. 
And the first place he would look, if you were worried about foreign uh, uh, control of or influence on our government, he said he would look to Israel. They're the ones. Benjamin Netanyahu came here and addressed the joint uh, uh, session of Congress without the permission or invitation of the president. Remember when Obama was president, he did that? He did that. That's a guy coming here to tell our guys how to vote in direct defiance of our president. And everyone embraced him. Can you imagine if Putin did that? Putin came to America and addressed our joint session of Congress against the will of the president. So this idea that somehow because Putin is a bad guy, Trump shouldn't have a good friendship with him is BS. The guys who are really influencing our government here are Benjamin Netanyahu, Saudi Arabia. Trump opened eight businesses in Saudi Arabia during the election. and No one gives a crap about any of that stuff because they're our friends. Saudi Arabia, by the way, just bombed a school today. Uh, School bus, 29 kids dead. So, yeah, I just retweeted that from Sarah Abdullah. So uh, why would they do that? Because they're in Yemen. They're 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 bombing. We're committing genocide in Yemen right now. So we're helping Saudi Arabia commit a genocide in Yemen. And the way we're doing it is they're doing a thing called siege warfare, which is a war crime. And we just in fact, they just prosecuted someone a few months ago in uh, uh, at The Hague for it. So but since we're doing it and we're the enforcers. And Saudi Arabia is on the Human Rights Council. So it's just, it's, everything's a joke now, right? So we've, we're past it, where it's a farce. We're living in this farce. And so when I see a guy that I love, like Henry Rollins, um, saying stuff like, oh, Putin's the special kind of bad, I just quote back Chomsky. We're, there, we have nothing. We have le- legit war criminals just one presidency away. Uh, Do you think he's a step removed from that, though? I mean, he, he'll assassinate journalists in his own country right to now, criticize him. Right now we're trying to assassinate Julian Assange. Right now, our government. Do you think government, we're trying to assassinate him? Right? What they're trying to do? Yes, they're trying to kill that guy. Yes, they want that, that guy dead. Hillary Clinton was like, "Can't we drone that guy? Can't we kill him?" Yeah, she really did say that. Yeah, she really did say that yeah. after she just got done killing Gaddafi, <laughs> and yeah. then laughed about it. Yeah, that that's we've played that several times. Yeah. We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that any human being would ever do that—that that she and by the way, the way he died. That's some dark shit. They watched and they stabbed him in the asshole. Right. And there's a video of him, them stabbing him in the asshole while he's standing there, just confused, not knowing what to do. And this guy's jamming a sword up his ass. Have you seen the video? Yes. Oh, I have not seen oh, that. Oh, my God. It's awful. You want to see it? No. The video of them capturing him is fascinating because it's a guy who has lived with an iron fist, controlled these people, right. been a brutal dictator, been a, a, a horrible monster of a human being. Now all of a sudden these rebels have captured him and they can't believe they have him and they're shooting him and stabbing him and, and then eventually they have his body and they parade his body around after they've killed him. But there's, there's, there's video of him. You should look at it for just for a moment because it's so... Stunning to see him captured and alive and can't believe that these rebels have him that it's not even it's not even like yeah you know, I have seen video of him captured and, and that look on his face, so I know Ooh. what you're talking about just the guy's shoving but like I did a, not I shoving can't. a knife up his ass I um I hit a dog with my car a while ago, and I just can't I have no stomach for any of that mm, stuff anymore I just yeah. uh I don't saw something went ha- something ha- I had a real breakdown like I had, we took it to the vet it lived I didn't hit, I didn't uh, so oh, I hit a I hit a dog killed it uh, about a year and a half ago it might have already been dead it, it already, might have been dead because I think it was laying in the street because I didn't, oh, yeah because I didn't see it so it had to be already laying there anyway so it you know I just and then I saw I was driving to my pot store. 
in Eagle Rock, and I saw this little black pup dog run across the street in front of our car, and there's this big median, like a grass median, and it was. And I go, stop, stop, and the cars hasn't started coming yet the other way. And I stop, so my wife stops, and I jump out, and I'm running, and I see the cars coming, and they're just, I don't see the dog anymore, and uh, then I see the dog next to the curb, and it's kind of like just going like like that, and it just crushed me like even now to think of it so anyway it's twitching like you got yeah hit? yes it got hit and so um my, we, we picked it up and we ran we drove to a hospital as soon as we could i mean you know an animal hospital which there was one not far away and it lived the wow. dog lived but i couldn't believe did it. you take it as a pet no 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 um uh, um they just my my wife called back you know, to the thing, and they said, "Yeah, it's going to live, and we have someone that's going to take it." I'm like, oh, okay. oh, okay, thank God. But I, I was so surprised at how I just broke down over that puppy. The dog I ran over, I was like numb to, but that dog, for some reason, it just everything opened, and I was just, um, I couldn't. <laughs> I was such a basket it's case. It's hard. Puppies are so cute. It was you such. See a puppy I was that gets hit by a car. That's sad shit. I was, and so it's just like I can see, and I, and I feel. Like, I don't know if I have this, but I feel like I have PTSD over that, right? Like, I way overreacted to that situation. So there was a lot more going on there. And So, so when someone says something like the Gaddafi video, you're like, I, I can't. I just can't even. I can't. Yeah. yeah, so I can't even imagine guys who have to go to war and the stuff they have to see and the things that they have to do. I don't know how they all don't come home. Do you know with... anybody who went over there? Yeah, I, I've, yeah. Been, I've been to Afghanistan. No, but it, soldiers, I mean? But I know, so, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I know them. They not personally like they come to my show, that kind of stuff. I know those people. I don't have a close friend who was actually in combat like that. No, I have a few close friends that have been in combat, and when they start drinking, and that's when you know inhibitions get loosened up, and then stories start flowing, and mm. you know it's, it's I most people, but it's it's not something people are designed to see. <laughs> You know, no. especially not when no one else is seeing it. The right. thing is, if we all lived in the Roman times and everybody was getting sorted up every day and people getting hit with arrows all the time, it's a normal part of life. Mm -hmm. People start accepting the fact that there's going to be loss. But there's something about living today where the majority of human beings live in this uber safe environment that's probably a safe, more safe than any people have ever lived ever. And just overall in general, like the, the, the modern Western civilization. But then you're going over to Afghanistan, and you're you're you know you're dealing with bombings and schools and buses and sniper attacks, and you know your buddy just lost a leg from an IED, and you know that that kind of shit just wears on a person. Yeah, just any any anything. I oh, I can't I can't believe we still do war like this. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know I'm very see I get in a lot of trouble because I'm anti-war, and all wars are bullshit. How do you get in trouble because you're anti-war? Well, for instance, pro-war. Uh, the entire establishment is pro-war. You know that every every newscaster is pro-war. If you're on, if you're not pro-war, you don't get on TV. If you're against the war, you get fired, like Phil Donahue, like Ed Schultz, like Jesse Ventura, like Ashley Banfield. If you're, if you tell, like Chris Hedges, if you tell the truth about the war, you will get fired from establishment news. Mm. And there's so, no establishment news that will let you talk openly other than RT. RT seems to be pretty uh, open, <laughs> yes. which is really ironic. That's ironic, right? Yeah. I mean, when Abby Martin was working mm -hmm. for RT, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, wh wh how's that work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Empire Files and you're working for Russia? <laughs> like, 
You know, I know it's it crazy. It, it's a crazy, crazy juxtaposition. It is weird. Ed Schultz was the one who said that, uh, you know, he was not he was told what to cover, what not to cover at MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He was told not to cover Bernie Sanders. He wanted to cover Bernie Sanders anyway. He said that the Hillary Clinton campaign and the head of NBC News, Andy Lack, were joined at the hip and he tried to cover Bernie Sanders. He was told not to. He was yelled at by the head of MSNBC. That's how he described it. And uh, a month later, he was fired. He was out. Well, Cenk had a, ser- a similar situation. Cenk from the Young Turks. Cenk, is- he was told that uh, our friends in Washington don't like your tone. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what they told him. That is hilarious. And he was winning his time slot, and they told yeah. him that. And they moved him to the weekend to give Al Shal- They This is true. This is true. So they moved him to the weekend, to, uh, and they said they wanted him to work on his presentation skills. The guy's winning his time slot. They're saying, we, we want you to work on your presentation skills. And meanwhile, who'd they replace him with? Al Sharpton. Well, he's got great presentation skills. That's all Al has. I mean, but, he's yeah, got a I nice mean, suit on. Al Sharpton, did you ever see him try to read a teleprompter? It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, he's a great orator. Yeah. But he's not a teleprompter reader. No. And it was like, we used, I have clips we used to make fun all the time on my show of him. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then the, to find out that that's the reason they gave was because he's a better presenter. He's a better, or, he's a great orator. That's yeah. different than being a news presenter. Right. And that is not in Al Sharpton's wheelhouse. <laughs> no, it's just, he's not the most trustworthy person either. I mean, he's got a history of deception. So you having the- Well, the way he got that job. Yeah. Well, how about the way he became famous? The Tawana Brawley case. Mm. I mean, he became famous through deception. And so you're seeing this guy who is basically a famous con man who's now on television on a news program. <laughs> well, they they have – there's a lot of – look at Brian Williams. Yes. I is mean, he back? Is they he back in the air? Yes, he has the 11th hour on MSNBC. So, so has everybody forgotten? Everybody has forgotten. I get his punishment was he had to he had to go spend six months uh, giggling with Rachel Maddow. What did he do? They, they, <laughs> did they do have these show. They do these shows. They got like these round tables, and he had, yeah, <laughs> and he has to laugh and pretend. They all pretend. You know what's they're... fucked up about him? He, all he had to do was tell the truth, and it was scary enough. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I mean, you were in Iraq. You really were there. You really were there. Yeah, I mean, you really were there. Or Afghanistan was it Iraq or Afghanistan? We, I think it was Iraq. And you really b- b- shots were fired. <laughs> But Hillary did the same goddamn thing. Oh, that's right. She lied about being shot at. She fucking straight up lied about being shot at. Oh, she was in Bosnia, right? Yes. Yeah, she was. And and, and, and who was it? Who was the comedian who outed her? It was uh, Sinbad. Did he? Yeah, it was Sinbad who was on that trip. And he's like, there was no sniper. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, she was busted straight up lying about being shot at. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, it's always shocking to me when I find out that politicians are lying. Isn't it something? Crazy. <laughs> Can't believe it's real. They're all, that's weird. It's it's such a, only the, the purest of people are drawn to that profession. It's whenever I find they out they're narcissistic, megal, narcissistic megalomaniacs, I'm always shocked. Well, you know what it is, Jimmy? We're weeding out the bad apples and then we're eventually <laughs> going to get to the good ones. Yeah. We just so, got to get rid of these bad ones first. So that's why it comes back to when he was talking about how Putin, he's like, hey, I want to tell Trump's slow down, don't be friends with this guy. No, I want Trump to be friends with Putin because he's a nuclear power. I want Trump to be friends with anybody. We need detente. You know, NATO is the one wrapping up tensions, ramping up tensions with uh, Russia. And we have ever since the Cold War supposedly ended. And so, you know, it was just a few. Anyway, so I, I just think, yes, Putin is a bad guy. They're all bad guys. Right. There's why, I, you know, I just had John Kiriakou on my show. I don't Who know. If he, he? So he is an ex-CIA guy. He went to prison because he exposed the torture program. 
Oh. Yeah. So Robert Mueller actually prosecuted that guy. Whoa. So now he's he's a member of Veterans Intelligence Professionals for Sanity VIPs, and they were uh, they were invented or they were originally organized to debunk the weapons of mass destruction about Iraq. So they were intelligence professionals who knew what was happening that this we were being sold a bill of goods because the military industrial complex wanted its war, right? Yeah. And so they they were like all the top guys, Ray McGovern, Bill Binney, and they and they uh, created this organization to help debunk it. Well. Bill- Bill Binney is the guy who was the first whistleblower for the NSA, yes, correct? Yes, that they tried to throw, and the FBI tried to throw him in jail, and of course he's the smartest guy the NSA ever had, so he outsmarted the FBI. Well, how did he do that? So he I had, forget the story. But I he, forget the story. He told it to me, but they he had them secretly recorded, mm-hmm. saying certain things, and so when they tried to, uh, to show the evidence against him, he's like, actually, I got you guys. And they're yeah. like, oh, shit. And so they could, and so he had them. So he outsmarted them. And he tells the story on my show, I, you know, it was about a year ago, so I don't remember exactly how it went. But he told me a lot of mind-blowing stuff on my show, a lot of stuff. Just, uh, um, you know, like about how they spy on us. Well, he was the one that first exposed this program that was essentially spying on every single email, every yeah. single voicemail, every single conversation that you have is being recorded. So William Binney invented a thing called Thin Thread. So Thin Thread was uh, a data collection. So what he did is he hooked up every cell phone to every cell phone in the in the universe. It's uh, and he did it. And it was hard to do and everybody said you couldn't do it. He did it. And so he knew that metadata w- was more predictive than say if I tap your phone and listen to your actual phone conversation, I actually learned more by looking at a larger data set and when 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 contacts start happening that means movements happening that means an attack is going to happen that means more so it the metadata means more and so he found a way to track people and keep your identity secret so it was constitutional Ah. That's what he cared about, the Constitution and the right to privacy. And Thin Thread did that. It was a better and, – and they got rid of Thin Thread, and a couple weeks later, 9-11 happened. So that's what Bill – so that's who Bill Binney is. And so he said they got rid of it because there's billions of dollars in the new pro- – they brought in a, uh, uh, a – I think it was called Trailblazer, not as good as a, a tracker, not as good as a metadata thing. And, but it was you know five, six billion dollars to Booz Allen or whoever invented it. And that's what this is all about. This is all about money, and you don't want to disappoint people who want to have a lot of money paid their way. Mm. And then, so that's what – so he blew the whistle on that, and they come back at him, and they try to put him in jail. That's what they do to whistleblowers that's what we do so that's funny to hear him say oh somebody wrote a bad book about putin and they ended up dead what do you think we do in this country look what they did to chelsea manning look what we did to people who t- expose war crimes inside of our country right now we're trying they're trying to assassinate julian assange they have him in basically solitary confinement we literally did torture chelsea manning so uh and then you know barack obama used uh uh he he prosecuted lots of whistleblowing journalists using the now I'm blanking on the word it's called but um, espionage act. So this idea that yeah I'm sure Putin maybe Putin did maybe that woman who wrote that book about Putin has a lot of powerful enemies. Usually you do when you are that kind of a, a journalist where you're exposing the powerful. She probably didn't just expose Putin, so she probably exposed a lot of people. My point being is that uh, you know now who's being naive, gay. 
Well, I mean, she probably did expose a lot of people, but it's also very likely that Putin had her killed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. I'm not I'm not denying that. Yeah. Barack Obama had a kill list. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are out, you know, he he took us from two wars to seven. He did Libya, turned it into a failed state. Yeah. Right now they have open slave trading. I know. You can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. So it's so dark. And they want to do it again. They want to do it in Syria. They want so Joe, let me ask you a question. If we get rid of Assad in Syria, do you know who takes over? Uh, the Jesus or something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is that who starts running things? Moses or the is he around? Al Al Qaeda, El Nusra. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that the they create power vacuum, the, the, which is the, what always happens. The uh, the the Wahhabi terrorists funded by Saudi Arabia. That's who takes over. Yeah. And I have videotape after videotape of our top officials admitting that Saudi Arabia funds ISIS and that we also did. So and that we created, we created Al Qaeda. We got we created uh, and ISIS was created because of our invasion of Iraq. But then we actually fund them, and we ship them arms. So it, it, for what reason? To go overthrow Assad, so we can put a, a pipeline through uh, Syria. So we fund them so that they fight Assad. But then Saudi Arabia funds. Them. This isn't the first time we did that. We funded Al Qaeda so they would fight the Russians. Right. So this is the same, and then we then well, we're left was, with them. When was the Mujahideen? That's when they were the Mujahideen. Yes, Mujahideen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and I have videotapes of Hillary Clinton screaming about this. We created this problem. She says this on video. I have it. So um, that's why I get in trouble because I tell the truth about the war. And if you tell the truth about the war, you'll be called a conspiracy theorist by the establishment news. That's exactly what's happened. That mm. happened to me. Are you a conspiracy theorist now? No, that's what they say. Huh. You know what the biggest, because I tell the truth about Syria. Right. Uh, the biggest conspiracy of my lifetime was the Iraq war. That was a conspiracy. Yeah, that's a legit conspiracy. <laughs> that's a legit conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, that's one you can actually prove. Right. I mean, I used to have a whole bit about it. I used to have a whole bit about, like, that. The, the only way to find out if someone was, like, from 2005, it was that the reason why they put George Bush in power is the only way to find out if someone is really stupid is to put an actual stupid guy in as president and find out if everybody freaks out. That's the only way to really tell. And we were like, well, we could put a smart guy in there and have him act dumb. I'm like, no, no, no. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> never we, get know. A, we get a dumb guy. Let's just try it out and see what happens. And then it was all the whole thing about us going to war in Iraq. Like, why did we go to the war over there? And why, what did we tell them? And they bought that? Holy shit. Yep. And, then it, and then it was... He won again? He won again. Fuck. And I go, and you know there's someone in the back of the room going, I think we can go dumber. <laughs> and, and that became Trump. <laughs> that's, I mean, that was from 2005 from my Showtime special from 13 years ago. So uh, let me tell you something. Trump will be allowed to be president and was allowed to be president because he's doing the bidding of the establishment. They're on board with most of the stuff he's doing. They're like that. He's he, he's not he's not pulling back on any of the wars. He's they've all ramped up the military budget. Isn't it funny? Joe, they're not protecting him from Mueller. They're not protecting him from this this investigation. Well, he's nothing's happened. Right. So, again, it's and by the way, uh, what they've gotten him on is all regular corruption. Like I said, Trump is corrupt. Yes, he's corrupt. He's corrupt with Saudi Arabia. He's, he's corrupt with Russia. He's corrupt with Israel. He's yeah, they're all corrupt. What do you tell the Clinton Foundation? The, they're, they're all the, the Chomsky quote. They'd all be hung yeah. if we applied the Nuremberg standards. So this is the world we're living in. So this idea that somehow we need to focus extra on Trump and somehow Putin. And you know what? Journalists, it, the, the anti-Putin journalists in Russia will tell 
tell you that we're a bunch of numbskulls over here because we're inflating Putin's power. So we are like he's this all powerful guy who's got his finger in every decision everywhere at all times. Elisa Milano is now blaming the the Green Party being controlled by the Russians for an Ohio election, a special election. I'm not kidding. I can show you the tweet. Elisa Milano. You think I'm and I, who doesn't love Melissa Milano, Melissa, right? She's beautiful. Who doesn't? She's one of the prettiest of all time. I met her in a hotel once. Did you really? Wandering through the hotel, we got in an elevator together. So here so is. I can't believe I'm in a hotel elevator with a Melissa Milano. I, that is. Mm. That is. Mm. I said hello. She said hello back. And that was it. Did she know who you were? <laughs> I don't think so. No. It was a long time ago, too. She says, you know what sucks? Because of our unwillingness to pass policy that protects our election integrity, I immediately think the Green Party votes t- tonight's are Russian meddling. Why else would anyone cast a protest vote in Ohio when there's so much at stake? So much at stake. That's so delusional. Like, what is a protest vote? What's your vote worth? If everyone votes and they all vote green, is that a protest vote? Like, like, if, you, isn't it possible that the Green Party can win? Like, do you have no faith? So what they're doing is essentially just bowing down to a rigged system, saying the system's rigged, so just vote for side B, even though side A and B are funded by the same people. I know, I know, but ideologically, side B is our side. That's what she's saying. So what they've gone past, so now the hashtag resistance have gone beyond voter shaming, and now what they're actually doing is democracy shaming. You don't get to participate in democracy. And those people, so let me tell you something, people say, oh, you know, the Greens take away vote. I would not have voted in the presidential election if I did not have the opportunity to vote for uh, the Green Party. Right. So those votes, you don't own those votes. The way electoral politics works is that if you don't have enough votes to win, you have to go get them, right. and you have to appeal to those votes, but they don't have an appeal to voters, the Democratic Party. They have nothing, and so what they have left is fear and voter shaming, and that's it. Now they're actually shaming democracy. Well, you would also think that by the t- after we've gotten through this past election where no one, literally no one in the mainstream media other than maybe Fox News predicted that Trump was going to win, no one. They all were 100% sure right. that Hillary was going to win. They were, they were had in the 90% range of probability <laughs> yes, of her right. winning, and they were displaying it on CNN. So they know that that's wrong. So why would someone think that a Green Party candidate has to be, or a Libertarian candidate, has to be a protest vote? Why can't it be a real vote at this point? When you're talking about the kind of social media outreach that, that is capable today, that's possible today. Well, you, a person who has some really good points and has a really, look at this woman who won in New York, the 28-year-old girl is a democratic socialist. I like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Look, if that doesn't tell you, like, this world is changing in a radical way and upstarts and, and, and people who are huge underdogs have the possibility of winning. It's not a protest vote. It's an actual vote. And if everybody <laughs> who thinks this way votes towards that protest vote, guess what? They win. That's right. That's what it is. So I used to uh, have a joke. Where I would say, uh, no, you can't, vote for, uh, you can't vote for a third party candidate until a lot of people are already voting for a third party candidate. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's what they're Say you can't vote for; they have no chance to win. So you have to wait till a lot of people are already. So that you, they, yeah. people don't understand that inherent contradiction. And by the way, people, uh, maybe if you spent a tenth of the energy trying to excite the half of the country that doesn't vote, yeah, as you do, and trying to sh- voter shame progressives or Green Party or environmentalists for not giving you their vote, which you do not fucking own, right. Exactly. If you were to spend a tenth of the energy trying to excite people who don't participate to participate, instead of shaming the people who do participate, maybe you'd get somewhere. 
It's also this reluctance to admit that both sides are corrupt is this very strange thing that exists on people who operate within this narrow bandwidth. And this narrow bandwidth is whatever side you're on, whether it's you're on the right or the left, this is the side that you want to win. And it's the right side, and they're the good people. And the other side, even though, well, even though our side does wrong, this side does worse. And they, they operate in this real narrow bandwidth. This is why she would think something that's possibly negative for her side is a protest vote instead of being your actual feelings on the issue. And if these people really cared about voting integrity, wouldn't they want paper ballots? Yeah. If they really cared about uh, voter integrity, wouldn't they want ranked choice voting? Wouldn't they want that? Then you don't, have, don't you, don't, you don't have to worry about this. Ranked choice voting? Ranked choice. So they have it in Maine now. Right. So uh, it's where, so, you know, you, you get to, this is my first choice. This is my second choice. This is my third choice. Oh. So you don't get to, so it, it, it eliminates that you're a spoiler. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. So um, and, and they voted in in Maine and the politicians, of course, don't want it. So they got yeah. rid of it uh, and they had to court reinstate it. They had to, I think it's happened twice now. How does it work in terms of like, say, if you're going to vote for, uh, you know, governor of Maine? You have a first choice, a second choice, and yeah, a let's third say, choice? Let's say there's three choices. Right. So you get, to, you get to say, well, let's say, let's say if your first choice was a Green Party candidate. Mm -hmm. You go, okay, that's my first choice. But my second choice would be the Democrat. So in case and my third of a, choice would be you know maybe nobody. And so does like second choice have different points? So if you, if your first choice doesn't get enough votes mm -hmm. to win, then your second choice goes right. Uh. So that's how it works. So you're never wasting your vote. And you know what's ironic is that. And I might have you know there's been people who can better explain that. So please, I know people are going to Jamie the way better way to say that. I, I'm sure there's better ways. But the thing that kills me is that Bernie Sanders, his whole career was about being an independent. And I have videotapes of him saying, you know what kills me is I go out and I do, I do these talks and I talk to the people, they come up to me after these debates and they say, you know, I like what you said and uh, you, you make the most sense, uh, but I can't vote for you because you're never going to win. I hate that. They go, I want to waste my vote. Oh, if there's one thing I hate more than that, that phrase, waste your vote. Mm. This was what he was saying his entire career until now. And I want to know why. I want to know what the hell does Bernie Sanders in 2018 know that Bernie Sanders in 2006 didn't know and Bernie Sanders in 1996 doesn't know. And he tells everybody you got to run. He's you know getting people to come into the Democratic Party, which is actively cheating them. Yet he still cheating runs, him and him. Yeah. Yet he still runs as an independent in Maine. I mean, in Vermont, he still runs. Everybody's saying, you guy, you can't. Do, he gets to run as an independent. He gets to run as an independent while representing the Democratic Party. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. So they have a special sweetheart deal. In so what is he saying when he said is he saying now that protest votes are a waste? Like what is he saying? He told everybody to vote for Hillary. He told I mean he's not starting a third party. And you know his whole life he was like he said that we have to have the the verbiage he used one time I saw him was that uh, you know uh, Jesse Jackson's correct we need we need a rainbow coalition of people, uh, but it has to happen outside of the Democratic Party. He said that that was him. So we have to have a progressive coalition, but it has to happen outside. And who better to lead it but Bernie Sanders? So that's why it's hard to start a third party, because you need people who are already famous and popular and uh, in government. So if he left and he got, say, Tulsi Gabbard and Nina Turner and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and he got a bunch of people that are super popular on the left, we'd have a third party at, that would be polling at 10, 15 percent. And now the Democrats would have to form a coalition instead of what they're doing now, which is ignoring progressives. After she 
uh, cheated Bernie Sanders after the Democrats cheated Bernie Sanders in the primary. Hillary Clinton didn't choose Bernie Sanders as her vice president, as an olive branch. She didn't choose Elizabeth Warren as an olive branch. She went to her right. She got Tim Kaine, who's to the right of her, who's anti-union, who's everything bad thing you want, and a corporate Democrat. He's pro-wall, the whole deal. She went, so just, so if we had a third party that actually polled at 10 or 15%, they would have to, they couldn't do that anymore. They'd have to, they'd have to do a thing called Joe voter outreach instead of voter shaming, or it's what it's devolved to now, which is democracy shaming. They're literally shaming people for participating in democracy. You don't get to participate in democracy because you're a third party. Party. Well, fuck you. That's called democracy. And so, yes, I do. And I get to vote my conscience. And we'll be right back. <laughs> That's a good break. That's a good ad break right there. That's solid. If you're on a radio show, that would be the way to go. Hey, one of the reasons why we came in today is because we wanted to talk about the Alex Jones situation. Um, I know you were uh, not just a vocal critic of Alex Jones. You spit in his face on, on live internet. Joe, I did not spit in his face. That was uh, completely involuntary. <laughs> He coughed, and liquid came out of your mouth. And As you know, right Alex Jones is hilarious. There's no yeah. doubt. There's no denying that. He's occasionally very hilarious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I told you what happened. I was walking up. Yeah. He's having this. They're just about to go with fisticuffs the whole time. Yeah. And uh, as I walk up, he goes, hey, I'm just trying to be nice. And you had a spit taste. <laughs> and I had a mouthful of iced tea, and that I was that. I understand. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Good story. <laughs> um, you know, when Trump meant to say would... And wouldn't. he actually say, said wouldn't. yeah, yeah, he actually, what did he say? I don't see any reason why they would, would but he meant to say, say wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah, that was one of the worst lies I think anybody has ever told on television in front of millions of people. That was a disturbing lie because in the context of the words and the way he was communicating, it's very clear. It's very clear he meant to say would. It, meant, it, it, was, it was disconcerting to me for a different reason. It was disconcerting to me because it showed that he, they got him to cave. Yeah, someone talked to him. Someone pulled him aside and said, "Do you understand what the fuck is going on here?" By the way, when they go, "Oh, he did, he uh, Trump contradicted our intelligence communities in public in Helsinki, and that's treason." No, asswipe, that's not treason. The president sets our foreign policy. You're not supposed to contradict the fucking president. Whatever the president says goes. And I hate fucking saying this because I'm not a fucking fan of Donald Trump. But God damn it. Do we all lose our head and think that the unelected spies run our foreign policy? They do not. Yeah. Spies. Spies. Our spies. Unelected. Yeah. So, and the ones who led us into Iraq, let's not forget that. The very dude, anyway, don't, do you ever play that video? I played almost weekly on my show of Robert Mueller lying about weapons of mass destruction to Congress to get us into the Iraq war. Well, he was misinformed <laughs> at the time. He wasn't aware of all the information and, uh, you know, him along with Colin Powell and many others yeah, were. They're just good guys. who did that bad information. People, good know. people. Good people do and it in the bad. Those. Those no-bid contracts that Halliburton got for billions and billions of dollars, it's just because they were the right ones for the job. I mean, why have bids when you've got Halliburton and you've got a guy who's really close to Halliburton and Dick Cheney, who used to be the CEO of Halliburton as the vice president? You got a sweet deal here. Take advantage of it. And Halliburton get... gave Dick Cheney a $30 million down payment when he became vice president. A little bit of this, a little, little bit, bit of that. that. <laughs> Trying to help you out. You got, I know you like to go duck hunting. Give you a nice gun. But Don't shoot your friend in the face. That's <laughs> I used to do a bit about that, too. He shot his friend in the face, and his friend apologized. And his friend apologized. Yeah, that's how gangster Dick Cheney is. Ah, I should have been there. I look like a bird. 
the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing was so fucking crazy you know um we were talking about alex jones oh okay how so he's alex being was, the platform yeah i mean it, it, it seems to be like across the board like they're, they're it's almost they waited for apple it seems like and when apple pulled them from itunes then you know youtube had danced with it right they'd given them some strikes it was really recently, like within the last Facebook couple of months. Facebook too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Facebook had given them some strikes, and YouTube gave them some strikes, and people were like, "Hey, you know, there was some." I, I felt like almost like unfounded um, speculation that they would remove him from the platform. I'm like they're never going to remove him. That's crazy. That's too far. And then all of a sudden, boom! Everybody in one fell swoop. Spotify, did Spotify, remove him. They were yes. going to. They did. Right iTunes removed him. There's a loophole, though, that somebody I saw in an article today where people like want nothing but less than total destruction. Uh, I that Apple uh, attacked Alex Jones and got rid of him, but they offered him a safety net in the form of the app that he has on their their app store. That they're still so they were trying to take that down too, like take down yeah, the his, app. His his show became instantly way more popular. Oh, I'm sure. So again, the unintended consequences. I try to tell people. That, uh, you know, I'm not defending Alex Jones. I'm defending, you know, the principle of freedom of speech. You know, people who are convicted of killers and who are on death row, they still get their freedom of speech. You're allowed to print articles and they're allowed to have, you know what I mean? They're still yeah. allowed to. Well, he's allowed to still. I mean, he, does, he hasn't right. been silenced. He has his website. But he can put his show out on his website. He can, he can host it from his website and it can all be fine. But these major media companies, now, they just decided... We've had enough. We don't want this on. And here's the thing: like, I don't know what he said that that they would. There was a straw that broke the camel's back. It seemed like it's not a recent statement that. Well, he let's said. just go to the court transcripts and we'll figure out. Oh, there wasn't. There not wasn't a, a court. No court. Oh, there was no, no hearing or nothing. Process. There wasn't a judicial hearing. There was no. no come on, they they just what they they let some jag off billionaire in the middle of the night on a whim fucking do this? Is that what happened? Yes. Do you think that's what it is? That was some billionaire, or do you think it's the middle managers and the you know the executives? At all these giant tech companies that just decided. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, the government tells Facebook uh, what to do a lot of times, right? Mm. And so they bow to the government all the time because they don't want to be regulated, right? So uh, that's why they just they just started having hearings with the. That's why they had those hearings. Should we regulate Facebook? Right. So the Th those hearings, by the way, were fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It was like a guy pretending to be human. Yes. You know, it was like some sort of a robot yes. or an alien. The way he would sip water, he would take it like this and... <laughs> like, who fucking sips water? It was like a guy spitting dip into a, a glass. He would go like this. <laughs> like, there was the weirdest little sips. Someone should make a compilation of Zuckerberg's sips of water. Oh, so strange. So whoever is that guy who makes the compilations of your show, he does a good job. He does a funny job on those. This is me. This is my Zuckerberg impression. Okay. No, Senator. No, sir. There. Watch this sip. Oh. Watch that sip. Give me another one of those. Oh, there is one. They have them. Yeah. Oh, somebody oh, already has a fucking. Yeah, there course. is a drinking water yeah. compilation. Of course there is. <laughs> oh my God! Watch him sip. Who fucking sips water like that? It's like he has to think about it. Mm, yeah. But, Act normal. Be human. Humans drink water. Drink the look water. Look how slowly he tilted that glass. And him and the guy behind him have the same color tie. Hmm. Mm, that's that's the guy they're gonna <laughs> shoot in the head. He's keeping eye contact while he's drinking the water. It's kind of weird. Yeah, he's trying to at least. 
You just want to be disrespectful. <laughs> this so is fantastic. Strange. That that whole thing was so strange. It was so. Hey, strange. what a better guy to uh, to keep to protect us from fake news and tell us what's real news than a. And, you know, what has integrity and what doesn't, then a guy who made a couple of billion dollars off a stolen idea from his friends. I mean, I think that's the perfect guy to fa- safeguard. Is that the true story? Is that what he actually did? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's what was in the movie, right? That was in the movie. That's yeah. what I know. I didn't see the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know the story, though, was that he ripped people off, that it wasn't his idea, but he was the one who figured out a way to wrestle it yeah. free and, uh, I don't know, get rich as fuck. But this is... Uh, Matt Taibbi wrote an article... On the 2nd, uh, August 2nd, about this, and um, there's been a lot of people being deplatformed from Facebook that you don't know about. Like who? Like, this isn't like... Okay, uh, okay so um, here's here's what he's... They shut down lots of other sites at the behest of the government and Israel, like the, and the Atlantic Council. So pages like Black Elevation, they got shut down. A page called Mindful Being... They got shut down. Uh, Facebook also wiped out No Unite the Right To, which is a page appearing to advertise a counter rally on the upcoming uni- anniversary of the violence in Charlottesville. So they shut that down, too. Matt Taibbi, let me just give you a quick quote from his article. He says, Facebook was helped in its efforts to wipe out these dangerous memes by the Atlantic Council, on whose board you'll find confidence-inspiring names like Henry Kissinger, CIA Chief Michael Hayden, former acting CIA head Michael Morell, and former Bush-era Homeland Security Chief Michael Chertoff. These people now have their hands on what is essentially a direct lever over nationwide news distribution. It's hard to overstate the potential mischief that lurks behind this union of Internet platforms and would-be government censors. Can I just read you one more paragraph? Because yeah. this, is, this is exactly what we're talking about. He says, It is already a scandal that these de facto private media regulators have secret algorithmic processes that push down some news organizations in favor of others, which they do. Which they do. Witness the complaints by outlets like Alternate, Truthdig, and others that big platforms have been de-emphasizing alternative sites in the name of combating fake news. But this week's revelation is worse. When Facebook works with the government and want to be started chamber organizations like the Atlantic Council to delete sites on national security grounds using secret methodology, it opens the door to nightmare possibilities that you'd only find in dystopian novels. So he goes on, and it's it's awesome what he says, but... Um, we would have more comfort if they would... I mean, there's no... Like, one of the things that they're doing is they use that blanket term, hate speech. Yeah. So, by the way, so they're they're trying to put a bill. Have you heard about this in Congress to make police a protected class of people? So if you say shit about them, now it's considered hate speech. Did you know that? What? Yeah, they're trying to make people. Yes. So fuck the police would be would be hate considered speech. hate speech. So they would just retroactively arrest NWA. They could. What and, about Ice T? He was and, a cop killer. Remember? I, right. I'm and, a motherfucking cop killer. And so now, remember if that? you do have a rally that's against the police, that's a hate rally. Yeah. And they can take your YouTube channel down if you said hate stuff about the cops and stuff. Wow. So, so that that's where we are. Hate speech. The fuck? How, how come I'm not allowed to hate shit? By the way, right. I hate Nazis. Can I say I hate fucking that's Nazis? Hate speech. I hate the KKK. Can I say I hate them? Th- that's hate right? speech. I you strongly dislike the KKK. Ha- <laughs> you can strongly dislike something. I when I was a kid, I hated the fucking Dodgers. <gasps> I know hate speech because I was a Cubs fan, and the Dodgers always kicked our ass. hate speech. Yeah. Yeah, hate speech is a strange blanket term, almost like drugs. 
You know, yeah. like, like drugs is caffeine, but it's also heroin. You know, it's like the drugs. What's wrong with yeah. hate? I don't understand. Hate what's, is there's hate out there. So what? Yeah. So what's wrong? So by the way, I. But it's and, a bad way of expressing things. Like hate speech is it's it's not a good descriptive. Because I agree. When you when you stop, the, uh, what does it entail? Like, you know, I had a conversation with a woman uh, at YouTube about Sam Harris and um, uh, Douglas Murray in a podcast where they had had um, a conversation and someone put it on their YouTube channel in their playlist. Just put it in their playlist, and they got a community guidelines strike. Oh my and so god! I asked, I asked why, and the woman said very cleanly, "It was hate speech." And I said, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Did you listen to it? Or is it two intellectuals? These two public intellectuals discuss, discussing immigration and some of the problems that Europe is having right now, and you decided that that's hate speech, and you don't even know what they said." But that, but the fact that she so confidently described it in that way sort of it, it, it sort of embodies what this problem is. Is that they have these blanket terms they're allowed to throw on problems, and there's a million other fires to put out, so there's no more need to put any more consideration into this. This guy's a problem. This is problematic. This is hate speech. Shut it down. I, it, and people don't realize how bad it is, Joe. You do, because you know this story. Yeah. But people go, oh, good for Alex Jones. He shouldn't be able to do that stuff, what he's doing. I go, I'm like, do you not understand that this is the shot across the bow, that if they can do this to Alex Jones, that they're coming? I've already been trashed by the establishment media, by the Washington Post, by CNN. I've already been equated to pedophiles and those kind of things and conspiracy theorists. And I've been in articles with Alex Jones. They've done it to me mm-hmm. so because I tell the truth about the war right and so uh the antidote to bad speech if you really hate what alex jones is doing the antidote to bad speech is not censorship the antidote to bad speech is more speech if you think if you think what alex jones is doing needs to be debunked create a facebook page called debunking alex jones and debunk him right you know kyle kalinsky does that kind of stuff all the time people do that stuff all the time that's how you convert if you're afraid of an idea you don't shut down the idea you expose the idea and you debunk it but if you have a private platform Platform and you own this and you start a business and your business is uh, putting up YouTube videos right. and you decide that someone is putting up something that's hurtful right. and damaging and racist then it could be used to attack large groups of people and then you see like all, all the, the craziness that's been connected to the alt-right movement and you associate that with this individual do you have to keep that on your platform? I mean, there's no regulation right now. It's no, not like technic- the public no, utilities right. or... It should be, though. That's my yeah. point. My point is that 70% of the people get their news from Google and Facebook, and they're a monopoly, right? So they have monopolistic powers. 70%? And, yeah, that's that was, a, that was a stat I read today. So you can't... Uh, it's like, well... I was reading that too. I don't know if I believe it. Hey, they took... They took yeah, they took. Why do, fa- why do you think it's, it's a stretch? A stretch. It's a lot of. It's, if it says forty-five percent of the people get it straight from Facebook, that means one hundred and fifty million people are on Facebook every single day. Yeah, I think that's, that's not accurate. No, but I think that's right. But when they get their not, news, we don't. The three people in this room aren't. So that's hmm. three people right here that aren't. But I so. get my news from Google. Mm-hmm. I have it, that yeah, go- I have that Google app on my phone, and every every day I go to it in the morning when I'm taking a shit. And I go over like, what's just, crazy yeah. today? What's happening? Oh, new Porsche coming out. Oh, it up, what's it crazy? In one sentence what like did that, Sasha so. Baron Cohen do? One sentence. Is well, tough. let's see what they said. I, I just looked at it. That's what it said. Forty-five percent get it from from uh, 
Facebook. But according Google, to, is it a Gallup poll? It, it was according to their stats, and I went back to read another Rolling Stone article to find out where and they Rolling got Stone, that from. Right? Uh, yeah. And Rolling it's Stone. a bunch of like uh, Facebook article selling advertisements, mm. and trying to find the data. So stuff. even even uh, even if you quibble with those, you, we can't deny. Like Alex Jones cannot now go. Well, just go to the other YouTube. <laughs> there isn't another there isn't YouTube. Another you hate just go to the other Facebook. There is another. So we have to recognize that the way we are organized as a society, that the town square is now owned by corporations who that need to be regulated, right? Like yeah. it, like before, you know, when AT and T was the phone carrier for everybody, they couldn't go. I'm not going to give Alex Jones a phone service because I don't like the shit he's saying. Right. You can't, that, so, you know, we you can't deny services somebody, all that stuff. But so, this, that's not really a, so, a valid comparison because the phone service wasn't distributing information to people. Right. Like the phone service was just a method of communication. It was just a utility. What, what he's able to do through uh, InfoWars is if you've got him on your platform, he's going to say some things and he's going to use your platform to say some things that, you know, might not be true and might be crazy. So you got to decide, like, when does it become a problem? And I think where they drew the line was Sandy Hook. So here's what I say, Joe. Uh, we need to treat these as public utilities because they are, right? Facebook, mm-hmm. there is no alternative. There is an alternative to YouTube. We need to regulate them. It's long overdue, by the way. And they are monopolies. It's obvious to everyone that they're monopolies. But, you know, when you when you invent something called WhatsApp and then Facebook buys it for $20 billion, <laughs> there's a monopoly. There's yeah. no way there's no way to to compete with these people. So these are monopolies. They need to be regulated and people need to be protected. And it it. That's how. That's where we need to go because right now we're leaving it up to the whims of a billion. Like you say, hey, if Alex Jones really did some shit that was wrong and he should be taken off or his free speech should be abridged for it, do it. Let's see it. Go go to a court or go to a thing or go. People go well. He doxes people and he. I go, is if doxing's illegal, he should be prosecuted. If that's what happened, but you shouldn't take away. Did he dox people? That's what they're dox? saying. They're saying he's do- he wanted he doxed people from Newtown or whatever. Uh, from the school shooting, so that's what oh, they're talked say- about the individuals that the he families? gave their addresses and their what? names. That's what they're saying that he died. Okay, but them. let's let's find out if he actually did that because that sounds crazy. Yeah. I I I'm I don't know if he did, but we- they're not saying what he actually did. This is what's crazy. I keep hearing that he um, promoted the idea that Sandy Hook was uh, 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 false, was false, and that it was a false flag. And that these were all actors. Right. I don't know if he actually said that. I think what he actually said was, I don't know if that happened. I think that's what he actually said. And people are saying, well, that's promoting the idea that that it was a hoax. Um, But I want to know if that's what he really said. See, I don't know if that's even the case. Because I've heard it. I've heard it written that he promoted the idea that Sandy Hook was a conspiracy. But they're not quoting when they say that, there's no quotes. There's no Sandy Hook was a hoax. Those kids were actors. Those kids are not dead. I don't see that anywhere. Right. But they keep attributing that to him without quotations. But again, if this, if there was some kind of process, due process, right. we could go back and look at the transcript not and we would that, know this. Not only that, if during this whole time where he's being tried, he was still able to be on YouTube and have his videos, he could show in his videos that he didn't say that. He could show what he actually said and tell you what he actually said and show clips. He can't do that anymore. So now the narrative is completely in the hands of the mainstream media, 100%. So the Alex Jones narrative is being taken 100% out of his hands. 
and now it's in the mainstream media, and now there's Sandy Hook denier, conspiracy theorist, right-wing lunatic, all these different things, which may or may have some of it. I mean, Alex is pretty my, fucking nuts. My, my, but, my point is... Uh, we've had nuts people with, they still have that. When I was a kid, Joe, maybe you remember, Johnny Carson used to go apeshit about the National Enquirer. Yes. Do you yes, remember that? And yes. it was a big deal. He yeah. would stop his show and I'm putting my foot down about this. Yeah. They still have the National, and, and nobody said take it out of the supermarkets. Nobody was like, we got to ban that newspaper because we can't handle the ideas from this newspaper. And they're still right there. You go to Ralph's, they're right there. Yeah. They're the last thing you see before they leave. They're right at the eye level for kids. Yeah. Nobody what says take away the National Enquirer. I went to Facebook. They still have a Facebook page, National Enquirer. Do they? Yes. So does the World News Daily. And you know what the first news, news story was that came up on Alien World News Dailies? Daily? Was uh, a, a British man can only defecate through his mouth. That was the first story <laughs> that came up. The first story. And you don't have to look for it. <sighs> British man defecates through his mouth. I'm like, this is, this is like South Park. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like you want them to be taken down as well. Yeah. But it's, what's interesting is like World News Daily and Star Magazine and all those. They've sort of been, they're a joke. Like, you know it's not real. You know the Inquirer's not real. But we know that. But it's not, it's it's just Somebody's implied. buying those. Somebody's buying those. Right, but are they buying, are they, are they kind of buying them somebody just for fun, entertainment? Somebody watches professional wrestling. Here it goes. Lawsuit quotes Jones saying, yeah, so Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, is, is a th synthetic, completely fake with actors, in my view, manufactured. Okay. I would show the video. January, you right. January 13, 2015. The lawsuit quotes Jones saying, "Yeah, so Sandy, yeah, so Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake with actors <laughs> in my view manufactured." <laughs> um, yeah. You that you actually nailed that impression. I spent a lot of time with that dude drunk. There's a He's um like that's I, that's a real problem saying something like that is crazy, but he's he's Look, he, his whole business is saying things that are sometimes right and saying things that are sometimes absolutely wrong, you know, and and that's I, and it's yeah. all wild and it's all globalists. And you ever seen that song that they did where these guys took his actual words and rants, but then they have like this like emo song singing the words? No, it's I It's fucking genius. Would we get pulled over off of YouTube? If we play that, let's find out if we get yanked for this one because it's brilliant because it's it's a parody, but it's so it's so That's an indie folk song. Yeah, you said emo song enough. There's two indie folk emo, just you know some low testosterone Six music. One. <laughs> play, play, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen okay. to this. That's why we're just out here doing simple things, pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural, and this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order, and that's why they want to try to keep us out of it. Watch this. What? Oh, you're taking the audio off? Alex Jones rants as an indie folk song for people that are just listening to this. You gotta Google this because we removed the sound from YouTube. Oh, okay. Eat babies. We want to eat babies. We love Satan. We want to eat babies. I have them on video. That's just what you just said. I have Hillary Clinton on villain. Look at his face. Ha 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 
Listen to this. Oh, Bob and Hillary both smell like sulfur. (laughs) 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 It's a song. Literal vampire pot belly goblins. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Oh, oh my God. Uh, ah, (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, I think there's something there's something about his struggle right now. That's representative of the the chaotic world that we live in. That that he does have this giant voice, that he does have this giant following, and that it is this this his actual words come out in song like that and are so hysterical, and that they think that somehow or another yanking this guy off all these platforms is going to like remove it. <laughs> do, do they understand the Streisand effect? Because this is just going to it's. There's going to be another way. But What's the Streisand effect? Barbara Streisand had a house in Malibu, this giant-ass house, and they took pictures of it. And she went apeshit and, you know, complained to all these, you know, newspapers and complained to the police and everything that they're taking photos of her house and get the fuck out of here. This is, I'm Barbara Streisand. And because of that, it became a giant story oh. that Barbara Streisand is pissed if someone's showing her house. And they're like, well, it must be a hell of a house. Where is it? And then there it is. The Streisand ah. effect is a phenomenon. There's the house where, whereby an attempt to hide, remove, or censor a piece of information oh. has the unintended consequence of publicizing the information more wildly, usually facilitated by the internet. Okay. Yeah. They want to eat babies. <laughs> no, I thought you guys. Yeah. But on again, people are, make the false equation. Oh, you're defending Alex Jones. I'm not defending. You're defending free speech. I'm defending free speech, and I understand the argument that hey, it's a private corporation. I get that. I yeah. get that. But if you took a look at the bigger picture, they should be. Everyone thinks the internet should be a public utility. I mean, most people do, right. and that's what they're upset that they're not treating it like a public utility. Obama administration did. They decided to at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And so if you think the Internet should be a public utility, I, I think YouTube and Facebook should be a public utility also. And But there's, the, there's an opening for other people to make their own YouTube, like make a version of it. If but you we have, have sufficient they, capital. But you don't. And, there's a, and if you do mm. start it, they'll just buy you out. Like, like I just showed you the example right. of WhatsApp. With mm-hmm. the, they give you 20, what, $19 billion or whatever they paid. It was some crazy. So that's, they just eat up their competition. So right now we need a Teddy Roosevelt to come along and break up all these monopolies. It's never going to happen. Uh, the end of the empire is coming. <laughs> so here's the question. Like, is there a, a valid parallel a valid comparison like are there people that have things that are more hateful that are on youtube that haven't been deplatformed? is it the influence that he has that that's terrifying is it the fact that he's a figurehead for this kind of stuff is that what it is like that he's that this whole Infowars movement is in some people's mind a figurehead for this pro-trump thing that they're trying to stop and silence like, what is it? I don't know. It's very curious that it all happened at the same time, right? And because there's a, there's a, um, in 1996, there was a law passed that actually um, insulates the platforms from being sued. Uh, 
Did you know that? So like platform. So if someone puts so up if, something, and so like say he puts something up that leads to someone getting killed, right on YouTube Facebook, can't you can't get in sue. Trouble. You can't sue YouTube. Right. You can't sue Facebook for it. That's in that 1996 law. Um, so there's that. So I get that they're a private company, but again, they have to, they have the protection now of the law. Right. They have Congress protecting them. So they have a certain, that's a certain, that's a type of regulation you're regulated from. You can't sue them. Yeah. Right. So I'm looking for this tweet by Glenn Greenwald that really, because if we're going to take down, uh, here, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, here it is. He says, um, there's been a tactic of censors for centuries. They start with someone who is so utterly hated and marginalized that everyone is blinded by their hatred for the first censorship target that they cheer and forget that they're endorsing a principle and power that will then expand. Yeah. And so right first now they we're, came for the Jews. Yeah. Right now Is we're it? allowing uh, the whim of billionaires in the middle of the night to decide who gets to be on these monopolistic platforms and who doesn't. Yeah. If there was 10 YouTubes, no one would care. But right. there isn't. There's one YouTube. There's one Facebook. And they are monopolies. And that's the world we live in right now. And that's why they're doing whatever the government wants them to because they don't want the government to regulate them. That's why he went there and was sipping the water like that and tra- trying to make eye t- contact and be nice because he doesn't want them to regulate. Him. He'll do it for. I'll do. Th- Julian Assange in 2010 gave a speech, which I saw recently on a plane, where he predicted this. He was like, "The corporations are an extension of the government, and they will do the censorship in the future." And that's exactly what's happening right now. So, do you think it's the government that's censoring Alex Jones? Because I would think that the government that's in power currently would want to keep Alex Jones in position because he's a supporter of Trump. He's a supporter of you know. Why does so? Why does why is Trump going after Julian Assange? Is it because he's afraid he'll expose him someday? I don't know. Why is he allowing the CIA to do that to go after Julian Assange? And you know that just shows you how shitty the journalists are in America because not one of them are standing up for Julian Assange, and they're all pretending that when Trump says mean things about Jim Acosta, that somehow that's this unbelievable violation of our freedom and our press, and he's got. You son of a bitch. You don't care. If you cared about freedom of the press, you would say something about Julian Assange. And no one is saying, what lie has Julian Assange ever printed? Not, never, Nothing but, never that been. They a, can prove. Never. What did Julian Assange do? He revealed that our election was being rigged by the Democratic Party, not Russia. But by the Democratic Party, and that is a sin you can't commit. You cannot tell the truth about the powerful. And that's what's happening right now. And, uh, you know, he, he revealed the CIA in, in, um, has all those spying techniques that they can get your TV to listen to you, your phone, uh, yeah. Vault 7, all that stuff. He revealed that's why they want to get him. But I, and Trump, you know, I just think that Trump is just, you know, he's not really clued in. Right. He's let's other he's glad to let the generals do the job and his fr- underlings. He doesn't really want to, he wants to paint broad strokes and lets everyone you want to kill Julian Sons. Go ahead. I don't give a F. That's I think how he feels. I don't think it's his plan to do it, but everybody else underneath him wants to. And certainly the intelligence community and everyone forgets this. Chuck Schumer went on Rachel Maddow's show like two years ago and right out in public said that Trump is making a mistake by crossing the intelligence community because when you mess with them, they have six ways to Sunday to mess with you back. Holy shit. And nobody cared that he said that. So what he's saying is the president should be afraid of unelected spooks. Unelected bureaucrats. He's the, they should be, he should be afraid of them. That is, and no one went, what? What the F? Could you imagine saying that about Barack Obama? Hey, Barack Obama better be nice to the CIA. They're going to F with him. 
as an elected official. Yeah. Yes. Someone that's, as an elected would, official saying that, almost almost sanctioning it. Yes. And then we have Eugene Robinson in the Washington Post writing an article begging the deep state to undermine about Trump's foreign policy. Did you see that article? <laughs> no, that's yes. crazy. Pulitzer Prize winner. First, they spend all their life denying there is a deep state. And then Eugene Robinson writes an article begging the deep state to defy President uh, President uh, Trump. Why? They're and, so blinded by ideology that they don't see the consequences of this. There's unintended consequences, and here they are. And by, they're coming at... They've already come for me. They're already coming for the left. They're, this is how this is how this works. So, again, that's why I, t I warn all my friends about the Russiagate nonsense. Chomsky said, if you care about the people meddling in our election, Russia would be the last place I would look. The first place to look is concentrated capital. That's what d dictates who are going to be our government. That's why we don't have the things the rest of the world has, because we have a ca capital has captured our government, which is why we don't have Medicare for all, which is why we don't have free college, which is why we don't have an infrastructure plan, which is why we're in eight wars. Meanwhile, people have to country's poor or low income 63 percent of the country can't afford a thousand dollar emergency and a quarter of all kids are in poverty in the richest country in the world joe what do you call a system that takes the richest country in the world and renders half of its population poor or low income that's a failed fucking system and that's what we're living in right now and it's failing worldwide now if you were someone like google though or uh who owns youtube or if you were itunes or any of these platforms that have spotify when you get a sh an overwhelming volume of complaints about someone who's in the news right now because the, the fact that Alex Jones is being sued by the Sandy Hook parents, this is what started this all off. Because, I mean, right. to people, this is so egregious. These poor parents lost their children, and here's this yes, guy it's horrible. saying that it's fake and that they don't want that on their platform. So would you think that they should just delete the episode that has that, that says that? Should they do that, or should they allow that episode no, to they stream? I, I so uh, here's a, here's the solution. If if there's if he did do something in a video that is illegal, mm -hmm. uh, take that video down until it gets adjudicated. Mm. You don't deplatform him hundred. You don't give him the death penalty. Right. So okay. What about like Stormfront? What if you got like some white supremacist group that's calling for violence against people? You do you take them down? I think you would, again, you would have to, I would like to see an, some kind of adjudication, you know, again, I... Uh, well, the, the blanket policies are things saying things like hate speech. The right, again, it's all like, interpretation, and by just a week ago, Mark Zuckerberg was defending it. He was defending yes. that we have Holocaust deniers on our platform. Right. Holocaust yes. deniers, Joe, yeah. and that's not fake news, that's right. not, gonna, you're not going to take that down, like I just told you. They have guys defecating out of their mouth, they have this, they, <laughs> they, they, they have the, 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 uh, the National Enquirer, they're still yeah. cool, right. so this is is a very squiggly line, Joe. And again, there's there's no board, there's no adjudication. It's not transparent. It's and not transparent. A, it's not rational either. This is not, this is not a rational debate. Uh, let me just the sheer. Let me just give you one more thing about what he says. When uh, who, who this is Matt Taibbi, he says the sheer market power of these companies over information flow has always been the real threat. This is why breaking them up should have long ago become a national priority. Instead, as was obvious during the Senate hearing with Mark Zuckerberg earlier this year, politicians are more interested in using than curtailing the power of these companies. The platform, for their part, will cave rather than be regulated. The end game here couldn't be clearer. This is how authoritarian marriages begin and people should be very worried they should be worried 
they they should be worried, especially if this does escalate. I I, I understand that people who believe that he's a Sandy Hook denier and they read those words. They don't want him to have a platform. They don't want him to be able to spread that hate. They underst- I understand that they would feel like, imagine being one of those parents and you lost your kid and you're, you're seeing this guy on TV or on YouTube saying it's all fake. It's, it's outrageous and it's repulsive. I and agree. It, and it's offensive. And I get that. But I think it's, it's, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to silence people that may or may not have any other recourse in terms of like he doesn't have the ability to defend himself he doesn't have the ability to make a video about it unless he puts it on his own website and then who's going to watch it like this the stuff that they're doing with youtube it's just it's a slippery slope you know and especially when they use these terms like hate speech they're not like when you say like what are they saying they're saying that he violated their terms correct Yes. So what, is, what are those terms that he violated, and what is a specific violation? Like, what are the words that he said where you were like, enough is enough? And if that's the case, how did you let him get away with saying all this other shit for years and years? And wh- when, when do you draw this line? Like, just that video that we played. You know, they smell like sulfur. They, they want to eat babies. They're screaming, I love Satan, and they want to eat babies. Like, whoa. Wh- where does the line get drawn? I just, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think that should be up to subjectivity i think that should be a a very very hard question that's answered with very clear facts you, you should have an adversarial judicial process with an impartial judge or jury right and how would you even get someone impartial instead they have in-house decide decisions right well, yeah. you heard that. I mean, you heard Matt Taibbi delineate the people who are involved in this stuff. And by the way, Facebook's taken down pages of people who are Palestinians because the Israeli government tells them to and they mm. do it. So you know about that, right? I had heard about that. Yes. Yeah. So that's them doing the bidding. The government says, take it down. Okay, take it down. They don't get free speech. Okay, because I don't want the government to get mad at me because yeah. we're making so much goddamn money right now. I don't want the government to get mad at us. That's what Facebook and YouTube is doing. See, if I would like that if someone... You know, I'm not saying that no one should be taken down. If someone's calling for the death of all black people, and like maybe this, it's not a good place to give them a platform. But I feel like the problem that I'm having with this is these things like, air quotes, hate speech. Because I told you that they said that about Sam Harris and Douglas Murray. Now, that is fucking crazy. So when does it stop being hate speech? Like, when, when do you draw the line? When it's, is it mi- mildly offensive? Is that hate speech? Like, where does it go? Where does it go where well, you're not allowed, you allowed to, to hate people? Opinions? I don't understand why you're—I don't get that. Do you right. get—I'm not being a dick. I honestly—why aren't you allowed to hate things? Right. I don't—I understand you're that— c- calling for action, I think, is the so issue. So a call for action might be—I mean, again, if it's a legal term, then— right. um, this is not a legal term, though. The, the, when they blanket things with hate speech, like we were saying, with like was calling something a drug, this is an illegal drug. Well, what if caffeine becomes an illegal drug? Then is that the same as meth? It's clearly not. There's different things. So when you say hate speech, 
And you also lump Douglas Murray having an intellectual conversation with Sam Harris about immigration. You lump that in. Well, that's the kind of what I'm talking yeah, about. And so did you know that right before 4th of July, there was a newspaper? I think it was in Texas. And so they wanted to, for the 4th of July, they wanted to post the Declaration of Independence. So they posted the first half of it. Yeah. Did you know about this? Yes. Facebook gave them a strike for hate speech. Yes. <laughs> hate speech. They gave them a strike. And so now they're like, they were like. That F- was an algorithm though, right? That picked up some of the, the phrasing. Some of the phrasing in there about slavery and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And and them being animals or something like that. I don't, mm. I don't Something like that. I'm not sure what it was. but And then the newspaper said, now we're afraid to post the second half of the Declaration because we'll get a second strike and they might pull our whole page. Wow. Yeah. So th- again, but this, they released that strike, correct? So so I, they, yeah. So I what is this but Joe, what is this idea that I need a nanny state to protect me from ideas? Well, I think they're worried about the power of propaganda and it's just they don't know exactly what the consequences of suppressing that power of propaganda are. I think that's that's really the primary issue. They're worried that a guy like Alex Jones who already has this massive following is what he's done by calling Sandy Hook fake may may be awful. I believe it is, but is it enough to completely deplatform him? It's and not, how how are they how are they justifying? Well, even it? if it was, let's say it was. Let's just okay. say you and I th- agree that it it is. Okay. Shouldn't shouldn't there still be some kind of a process? There should be. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It shouldn't yeah. be even if we agreed. And again, I hate that. I hate it as much as you hate it. Yeah. I'm with you. And that people are going to, I know it's, Joe, last time I was on your show, I said, I said, people are going to take what I'm saying right now and twist it. And that's exactly what they did to me last did time. They? So I'm sure people Who are, did? Who took it and uh, twisted it? I don't, what don't want to do? elevate. Well, we don't have to name, name names, but what did they do? They said, they twisted what we were, so when we were talking about Seth Rich, they twisted yeah. it. And I said, you know, all I did was cover it on my show. Until this day, people still say I was pushing it. I do a new show. I covered it. But even discussing it, and even you can't even discuss. Like yeah. I couldn't cover it, couldn't discuss it, mm-hmm. and that, and so that's exactly what happened. Put me, cut me saying that, and cut some other stuff, mm-hmm. and put it together. And I was like, son of a bitch. But you, so what are you going to do, right? So what are you going to do? So, um, so I just want people to know this is again. I'm just as offended as everybody. I'm saying we need to have these things be public utilities for a lot of reasons, and that um, you know exactly what Matt Taibbi said. What the the end game here is very clear, and they want to be able to censor people. They want to be able to censor, and the, the first people they're going to come after is left wing organizations. They're going to come after Black Lives Matter. They're come after. They've already come after lefties like me, why, Joe. Why do they think they're going to come after Black Lives Matter? What do you mean? They're at the hate speech against the police. You kidding me? They already said they're controlled by the Russians. Well, who is they? Who is they saying that? And who's they going to come after them? What do you mean by that? So, well, the FBI will infiltrate them. They, I'm sure they already have. They you know how that have. works. Yeah, yeah, they probably already have. So you know how all that stuff works. So that's how that stuff works. And um, and they discredit them. And then they, they will commit violence in their name and say, oh, look, Black Lives Matters are violent. No, that was a cop doing it. You know, that, you know how that, that's what happened up in Dapple. You know, that's the kind of stuff they do up there. And then that- Agent the pr- provocateurs. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right? Well, so, by the way, I learned about that from Alex Jones. So that's the problem with Alex, Alex Jones. He's right about stuff sometimes. Yes, and well, he was way more right about stuff in the past. <clears throat> Alex himself, and I've talked to him about this, says he drinks too much and he's getting too crazy. He needs to go on a diet and exercise and start getting his life in order. And he takes things too far sometimes. And he, he should take he goes some off the rails. He goes off the rails. Like he he and I had a conversation, but he got mad at me for saying that I didn't think George Soros was a Nazi. And so he had this whole thing where he ranted, Ray, and then he we we talked back and forth, and he apologized, and you know, he said, "I, I sometimes you're the one taking DMT, Joe. You're the one taking DMT, Joe. I'm talking to aliens. Um, <laughs> I didn't but, say that. You did. But 
I think he recognizes that sometimes he's just caught up in that cycle of outrage. That cycle of outrage, it just, it, there's no room for, for like, there's no room to step back and to sort of reset. It's, it's, it's just constant outrage, constantly under attack, and then there's these words that get thrown around that sort of lose their meaning, like globalists, you know, and shills, and, and, and you know, and, and this, this sort of, like, attitude that there's this, there's this cabal of evil that is trying to take, take over the world. And at one point, Alex had this idea that they were going to try to kill off most people— <laughs> Yeah. And you remember that? <clears throat> I heard about it. There was this idea that they wanted to uh, euthanize, or ge it was genocide. They wanted to they wanted to break it down to, what is the word where they talk about doing that, to, to, to talk about reducing the population? There's like some sort of a conspiracy theorist term of reduction of population to a sustainable number of super evil geniuses that could live forever. And they wanted to get it down to like, you know, 500 million people worldwide that can live for a million years or some crazy <laughs> shit. But I think that that's that whole cycle of like constant outrage and everything's a conspiracy and you, you, you get just whacked whacked out and caught up in it if you go back to alex's earlier videos i met alex in 98 i believe and back then alex was he was going after george w bush when george w bush was running for president and he was saying that this guy is he's a he's a puppet and that he's a puppet of the cia and you know and and he you know he supports genocide and he was showing up at campaign rallies and they were arresting him he was anti right wing i mean he was he was anti what he thought was this globalist agenda he also infiltrated Bohemian Grove when everybody thought the Bohemian Grove was nonsense. There's nothing really going on. He's like, no, these really rich people are getting together with heads of state and foreign dignitaries, and they're dressing up like fucking druids, and they have an effigy that they burn in front of the owl god Molech, and people are like, he's crazy. Then he releases the video, and like, oh my god, they really do do that. Like, he did some good work. The World Trade Organization protests in his, his video, 9-11, A Road to Tyranny. Right after 9-11, he releases this video that shows that the World Trade Organization protests were infiltrated by these agent provocateurs who are most likely government agents with government agent boots on, by the way. He shows this in the video. They smash windows. They're all wearing masks. They light things on fire. Then they're all, they all hole up in one house. They negotiate with the police and are all eventually released. This is all done under, I mean, he proved all this. He showed all how this is going. Like, look at these peaceful protesters. Then, the consequences of that, they established a no-protest line at the WTO where you couldn't go by with a pin on. If you tried to get through with a pin that said WTO with a red line through it, they told you you could not wear that pin. You can't come through here. This is a no-protest zone. And he's like, this is the consequences of this kind of censorship, and this is how they establish the censorship. They make it seem like your organization is violent, and dangerous by introducing violent and dangerous elements in the in the form of un, uh, undercover police officers or military. They smash windows, tip over newspaper stands, and was, fucking create chaos so that the government has to come in because now we have a violent situation. So then the military comes in and arrests protesters and silences the protests so they don't look embarrassing in front of all these people from foreign countries that are coming here to the World Trade Organization. 
I, did, I didn't know he, he did that, that. but yeah. dude, he look, he's not wrong always, and he was more the, right back then. He was also more sane back then. His he was more measured and more calm. It wasn't this. He he didn't have the big moon face back then either, and he wasn't drinking as much. I don't think, and the screaming and the spitting and and you know, you ask him, he'll say, "Well, I'm just overwhelmed by the sheer volume of corruption and all the shit that he sees every day." Look, do you remember when he was crying when Trump bombed uh, Syria? He was crying because he was, he was crying that Trump fucked us. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, I really genuinely believe most of the time that he means well. The, 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 the thing is, when you look for conspiracies everywhere, like everything that's a conspiracy, you're off track. And I don't think there's anyone there that can sit down and go, stop, hold on, let's examine this in a factual way let's stop cut the hyperbole out and let's look at what the facts are and where are we getting these facts and why do we think this is happening and why do you think this is fake because that sounds fucking crazy to me no one's there to do that if someone was there to do that i think he probably would be stopped and would examine things and would balance out you know like one of the reasons why i wanted to have him on my podcast when i did is because i wanted people to see the alex that i know because people are like how could you know that guy i'm like Look at how he is when I get him high and we get drunk and he's laughing about stuff and talking about interdimensional child molesters and all that. Like, this is what I wanted everybody to see. Like, this is Alex Jones. He's a fun guy. It's just that that is not a good position to be in where you're constantly looking for conspiracies everywhere you go. And you might nail a few. But then you might call out a bunch of them that are fake, which not just negates the ones that you nailed, but negates everything you say. As soon as you're one of those guys that everything's a conspiracy and then dead kids aren't really dead and everyone's an actor and like everything that you say that's good, they're going to stop. My uh, thing is that I uh, I focus on the ones that are important, right? That I think that's right. I'm not, I don't, uh, I care about wars and the lies that are about, told about wars from the media, which the media pushes every war in my lifetime. So that's the ones I care about. I hear everything you're saying. And um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really know. I got to say, God, I didn't really know no, much about Alex Jones until the I met him, you know, very famously at that incident. I didn't really, I never really watched him. I went home that night and watched some of his videos, which is when I found out some of them are really funny. And uh, so I honestly, God, I didn't really know much about him. And so I don't even know this stuff. So um, see if you can find it, Jamie. See if you, did they pull all that stuff from YouTube? Everything? But doesn't someone else I, have it probably on their channel? And I did. I never did videos about him or debunk. But I just, you know, it's just I. Well, he wasn't in my sight, line of sight. Right. Yeah. I was busy making fun of MSNBC and CNN. That's what I like to do. Yeah, it's it, it's it's all very confusing to me. And look, I don't think he should say those things. I don't think he should say lies about kids not being dead. The, the, the horrors of being a parent and your kid was shot in a school shooting mm. and then some guy is saying that they're 100% actors and fake and look, yeah that's horrible stuff there's a guy who was one of the parents that was a conspiracy theorist until this happened you know he was a conspiracy theorist he believed all that stuff and then his son was killed and then they started calling him a fraud and saying he was an actor and saying it never happened and that he's a paid shill and you know and there's, there's a big article about this this guy I mean you see this guy talk, and it's heartbreaking. You know, you you read his words; it's heartbreaking. You can't so, imagine your son was murdered in one of the biggest school massacres ever, if not the biggest, right? And th here's people running around 
emailing you and tw sending you tweets yeah. and Facebook messages that you're a fraud and that you you know you work for the globalists and this is all just a plot to take our guns away. It's like. Holy That's shit, what they say man. these things are. That's the people who think the, all these sh school shootings that they're all set up to, to so they can take our guns away. They think that about everything. They thought that about the country music festival shooting in, in Vegas, Vegas. Vegas because they felt like, hey, here's a way to get those people on our side because oh. those are all the Second Amendment people, the country music people. What better people mm -hmm. th to get to turn against the Second Amendment than a bunch of people that are? I mean, I guarantee you, if you had like a red light that went off every. Time like on the top of someone's head, if they were a, a, a National Rifles Agency, if they were an NRA uh, member in that audience, I bet there'd be a lot of fucking lights. I bet a lot of those people are NRA people. A lot of people are gun owners. I bet if just gun owners, how many people are gun owners? I bet fucking half, at least half the audience. Probably one of the strongest demographics you could find: country music, gun owners. That's a that's a giant connection, and so the thought was, hey, if this guy, okay, they make this Manchurian candidate, make him gun down all these people. Some people think he didn't even do it. They think they shot him in the room, and then agents did it, and they killed all these people. And then there's bullets coming out of all these different windows and all these different areas, and like, oh my god, it's fucking <laughs> no, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. I know it's exhausting, and it's also horrific, man. I mean, the whole thing's horrific. The idea that they think that. The government would create a false flag that, by the way, didn't do anything. Second Amendment's still in place. But that they would create a false flag and they would be willing to gun down. What did they, he killed like 50 plus people and shot like 500, something fucking insane like that. That that would be the, that that's, they would get together and go, you know what we got to do? We got to get this guy and uh, get him, get him to shoot all these people. And that's how we're going to get rid of guns. It's totally ineffective. It hasn't done anything. No. Uh, we, here, here's the thing, and I'm not the first person to make this point about guns, is people who are big, strong Second Amendment people say that, well, I, you know, because I, whenever I advocate for gun control, people say, oh, good, that only the government will have guns, which is, it's not a bad argument, right? It's not, I, I understand that argument. Uh, but the whole point of you keeping your guns to protect yourself from the government is that the government's going to take your rights away, so you need to have your guns to protect your rights, well, the government already took your rights away. They're already reading your every email. They're already reading, listening yeah. on every tell. You already lost your right to privacy. They let you keep your guns while they took the rest of your rights away. So now you still have your guns. Now why don't you go get your rights back? You have your gun. That's uh, they're, they're never going to do it, right? Minority so Report was an interesting take on that, right? Like the, the, the one day technology to reach a point, you know, for them it was like through those little psychic dudes mm -hmm. that um, we're going to be able to predict future crime. Right. And then they arrest you for a future crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of, well, they already kind of, yeah, they kind of do that now. They can arrest you for a conspiracy to commit a crime. Well, you don't even have to have a crime, right? You just have some emails talking shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have a role-playing thing that you do with your wife. We talk about, you know, listen, you and I, we're Bonnie and Clyde, mm -hmm. and we're going to take down the government, and they'll just fucking kick down your door in the middle of the night. Yeah. Who's that, who's that comic who had the ICE agents break down oh, his door? Oh, my God, that guy. I, I started following him after that. He made a joke. Yeah, what was the joke? Oh, I forget, but that was hilarious. We'll that guy's out. pretty funny, by the way, too. That guy's pretty funny. I do. I, I do wanted not to have him on my guy. show, and I forgot. Because wanna... that story he tells is hilarious about those ice or the, they were ice cops, right? Yeah, coming into his place. What is his name? Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake Flores. Flores. That's right. Part-time stand-up comic, 
podcast host and self-described pizza delivery guy who, in a strange twist of fate, recently found himself debating immigration policy with four Homeland Security agents in his home. The agents paid him an early morning visit last Sunday because of some jokes he tweeted about Cinco de Mayo. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, here's what he said. Here's how Cinco de Mayo works in 2018. White people are allowed to culturally appropriate on the condition that you help destroy ICE. You kill one ICE agent, you get to wear a sombrero. (laughs) Two kills, you get to wear a poncho. (laughs) That's (laughs) funny. (laughs) But the problem is you can't joke around about killing an agent because there's... You know, so if he had a serious XM radio show, he'd be fired right now. Oh yeah, well they fired Nick DiPaolo for, for that for saying something very similar to that. And yeah. so I say about that, it's like so Nick can't make a joke about someone going into a university. Go, hey, the next school shooter. That was his joke. Next go school shooter, the professors. please go to the Berkeley and go to yeah. the for teachers' lounge or something right. like that, right? Yeah. Which everyone knows is obviously a joke. He's a goddamn comedian, Jesus, F. and he's a right wing comedian. And he's a right wing comedian. So, Everybody, so, yeah. so, but you can go on those same radio shows and those same radio stations, and you can advocate for killing hundreds of thousands of people in another country that you don't know, and nobody says shit. Right. All the time, people do that. People lie about. It. So that's the that's the weird thing. You, you know, we can have a torture program in America. America, nobody goes. You know, it's just weird that, the, and, then, and then the the media goes along. They don't even call it torture. They call it enhanced interrogation techniques because we're doing it. But Nick said that. That's all of a sudden. So it's just it's such a weird, squiggly bullshit line of morality. And mm. and so and now Nick will probably be better off for it anyway. Yeah, Nick will be better off for it, and he has a podcast now. But I think unfortunately he's doing a subscription service. Which I try to talk all these guys out of because you can't hear it at all for free. You have to pay and for all of it. I don't know, but it limits. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it limits your growth. I mean, he's a famous comedian, so I'm sure he'll get some money, and I know he's probably doing really well with it. But it's just it's impossible to grow. Is it a subscription service? How's Uh, it work? Jamie's shaking his head. Nine ninety nine on Patreon for the ten bucks a month or more or more. He doesn't give you one more. You start at ten and then keep adding more. So no, what we huh. do is we we give away all our stuff for free, except we do a couple extra. Mm. We maybe do a couple extra hours a, a week for our patrons. Yeah, that are that's like bonus, right? So you don't, but you don't want to. That's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I just think that you know, and, and people have different. Do you do bonus but, stuff? No, no, everything's no, free. Everything's free. Um, well, you're really lucky. You're super super popular. <laughs> yeah, but when I wasn't super popular, it was all free too. Yeah, I, I had it free in the beginning when I was getting a thousand downloads. It's always been free. I just, I just. When did it start to kick kick in for you? When did you start to take off the show? Two years ago, three years ago, something like that. Really? You say about two years ago, three years ago. Was it an really issue, true? or what is it? You had a special guest on. What was it? You think? I don't know. It's momentum, just over time, just, just always, just constantly doing it, grinding, being in here, delivering on three, time, three, four days a week. Yeah, you, you do your best. Do your best. Get better at it. Make mistakes. Apologize for your mistakes. Keep going. See, because when I, I when I did your show last time, I just you know you're just in my head ever since. Like, like I I always like you are doing what I want to do. Like you don't. I loved when I go Joe because people are always trying to discredit me. I don't know how I got into a position where I have to worry about being discredited. I'm a fucking nightclub jagoff comedian, yeah. and I have to wear. That's why you're like I don't. I announced cage fighting. I smoked the pot. I'm not yeah. a reputable person. I'm like, oh, I want to be you. I want to be yeah. you. That's who I want to be. I'm not a reputable person. Okay, fuck you. you well, know? I do my best to be honest. 
You know, I mean, I, I, I approach issues yeah. in, in an honest way, but I'm not your source of reason. But you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I want to be a provocateur. I want to be yeah. the guy on the outside throwing the spitballs. That's that's who but I want to be. You are doing that, and that's who I am. You I are am. doing that. But some, yeah. somehow I got caught up in this thing where people are going to try to discredit you. God damn it! That's so. That's it's like I, I'm confused. You I, know, I'm confused by this this Alex Jones thing because although I don't support a lot of the things that he said i don't know why more people don't think that this could be a real problem that they could just throw that hate speech blanket on things and and if i didn't have that experience of talking to that woman where she was describing the douglas murray sam harris podcast which doesn't have a single slur there's no hateful rhetoric there's no i mean it's not hate speech i listen to it it's just a description I mean, it's it's a discussion rather. So you have that insight. I know. I know how calmly and confidently she said it's hate speech. It was like you know what it was like. Do you remember those old commercials where um, there was a guy and he was eating with another guy and he was saying that if you buy drugs, you support terrorism. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's a fact. It's just a fact. F A C T fact. And he's eating a, a salad. He's a no nonsense guy. Yeah, yeah. Fact. How do you, what do you mean it's a fact? It's a fact. F A C T fact. You buy pot, you're supporting terrorism. But it's basically what she said. It's hate speech. It's basically the same sort of yeah. self-righteous indignation. Certainty, yeah, yeah. Where, where she didn't. But you know, when I was pressing her on it, it was almost like she was my boss, and I couldn't talk to her about it. I'm like, I don't work for you. Do you understand that this kind of this method of communication that you're accustomed to, this does not apply here. You you have to you have to discuss these ideas. I want to know the merit of your thoughts. You know, I want to see where you where your thought process lies. That you could just throw this hate speech blanket on things, and it turns out there was no thought, and there was no consideration, there was no examination. She didn't know the content of the conversation, and her confidence in saying that it was hate speech was merely towing this company line, the same company line that got James Demore fired for the Google memo. You know, you, you talk to actual evolutionary biologists and people understand uh, psychology and people who are clinical psychologists, well, they talk to you about the real differences between men and women and what he actually said in these documents where he's not, he's, he didn't make some sort of a quantitative um, uh, like a, a, a ruling that women are less valuable or that women are worth less money or that women are in somehow is in any way, shape or form inferior. He simply wrote about clinical studies that have shown tendencies to gravitate towards different professions. And he even had a page and a half in that about how there's ways that we could encourage more women to get into tech. So it was, ne- it was not negative in any way towards women. But I saw all these people describing it as hateful rhetoric and then th- that it was uh, reinforcing harmful gender stereotypes. Like, what, with actual studies? Actual studies of science? Those are re- these are harmful gender stereotypes because they don't add up to your g- vision of Narnia diversity that you that, that only exists in Wakanda and some cloud somewhere that you, you you've you've put up. These are these are not real numbers. There's there's reasons why people gravitate towards certain professions. Some of them are cultural. Some of them are biological. They're fascinating to study, but it doesn't mean that uh, a person who becomes a nurse is any better than a person to be becomes a carpenter or vice or a guy who becomes a surgeon is any better than someone who becomes a computer coder this is not what anyone's saying 
What, what they're saying is there's reasons why people find different things interesting. And some of them might be the amount of testosterone they have in their system, the fact they have XY chromosomes, their, their genetic history, the, the history of their, their family and the, the culture that they grew up in. There's all these variables, and these variables are fascinating. But as soon as you say that these variables must even out at the end. We must have an equality of outcome based on gender and based on race. Well, you're not even talking about people anymore. Now you're just talking about something that you need to say in order for you to keep your job because you want to keep collecting ones and zeros and you understand that there's this confusion as to why there's not more women that are leaders, why there's not more women that are in tech, why there's not more this, more that. Why don't you really want to concentrate on diversity? You really want to concentrate on fairness? Concentrate on why they're trying to keep Asians out of Harvard. How about that? Because that's some real fucking racism that's going on right now, and no one's saying a word about it because it's about people that are kicking ass. They're kicking ass too hard. So they're trying to, they're trying to make it more difficult. It's a giant class action lawsuit. Asians are suing Harvard because it's more difficult for them to get in than anybody else. Well, when I was a kid, I was told that uh, they pee pee in your coke, and that's uh, I didn't. I know I was like me Chinese, me yeah. Cho, now me I grew up, I know pee -pee. that's bullshit. That's just a thing yeah, that they would tell us. Little kids, little it's, kids. It's just would say that. That's all it is. But it's like <laughs> Joe, these, I, I, these same people. The that, antidote to if if that's uh, to to the Charles Murray chat with the the antidote to that isn't to censor them. The antidote no. to that is is good speech, more speech. And it wasn't even if you them. wanted to, but whatever. This person who put it on their playlist, which is crazy. Someone got a community guideline strike for putting it on their playlist. I, that's why I say we need to have it be the YouTube, Facebook. These are public utilities. They need to be regulated. And there's no way, there's no getting around it, right? They have super control in our culture. They have massive impact. But so does CBS, right? So if you say something and CBS fires you, is that legal? Isn't it funny that Les Moonves is getting in trouble for uh, something he did to an actress instead of him? In the 80s. Yeah, and instead of him being... <laughs> It's a long time ago. Was it the eighties? I think it was at least twenty was, years ago. Some it was of it was nineteen ninety six with the one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So that's still a long time ago. Yeah. So, oh, but, the eighties was. Um, I'm sorry. That was, I, I was confusing oh, no. that with. Um, you're, you're thinking of the Sylvester Stallone. No, they, I wasn't thinking of Sylvester oh. Stallone. I was thinking of George Takai. Oh. George Takai, some guy popped mm -hmm. out from the eighties. Eighty five said he grabbed his dick like, "Hey, mm -hmm. let it go, buddy." <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know. It's uh, and it's also it's not the you, you know there was a molester at my church we had a priest that was a molester named Father Hollihan. Shocker! <laughs> Wait a minute, is it a Catholic church? He's shocker! What the fuck, man? You can't trust anybody. And the kids, <laughs> we used to call him Happy Hands Hollihan because he would oh, always Jesus Christ! Because whenever he'd come up, he'd always like want to wrestle you. But he was the last kind of guy. Oh, he God. was a nerd. He was he was like a he's not a wrestling type guy. Right, he wasn't a rapist. He but was just he like, would always trying. come. He'd always come up like, hey, I'm like I'm like. Why are you doing that? You're just trying to grab me. Yeah. And so we would call him Happy Hands Hollihan, oh. and we would get in trouble if we, if, they, if our parents heard us. Don't, uh. that's disrespectful to the Like, you know, he's grabbing our dicks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So they finally, uh, they finally caught him, and I don't know why I started talking about this, but, uh, yeah, why did I start talking about this? Um, oh, I know, because we're talking about, I always, George we, we always did, yeah, George Takai, yeah. we always thought it was like it was up to you to not get molested by him. Like oh, if you got God. caught, and we would laugh. Right. We, we would laugh at kids who got caught and got Slow molested. Kids. Yeah. So we he got to run faster, fucker. 
he would take That's us. So sad. He would take us. He had a, a, a summer house, right, with a boat, and oh, up convenient. in Wisconsin, right. So he would take us, and it was like an hour and a half away. We get in his station wagon. He'd take like six boys up to there, and we're gonna go water skiing or whatever, right. And um, so he had the day set up where once you got there, you had to first do cleaning. So you had to change into your cleaning clothes. Uh, Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And so every time we had to go in the room and change, he would find a reason to come in the room and wrestle one of us. Oh, God. (laughs) And then we were like, all right, we got to put up with it because we want to go on his boat. You know, we were poor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We were poor. You know, we grew up. (laughs) Isn't it funny how it's only funny if it's you? Like you're (laughs) allowed to laugh about getting molested as long as it's you. Yes. You know, like no one can say like you like he well, he Jimmy was on the Joe Rogan show and he was <laughs> laughing about child molestation. Oh, my God. Was that is that true? Hate speech. Put the blanket on it. Hate speech. But no, it was he was he was talking about him getting molested. Um, well, he's normalizing he's, <laughs> sexual assault. He would take us, this priest would t- try to teach you how to ski. You know, how do you teach someone how to water ski? You put your dick in their mouth. You put your dick in their mouth. <laughs> Do you know how to breathe underwater? Here, it's here, like here this. we go. Now hold your nose. <laughs> <laughs> no spitting. <laughs> so he, he, the way you teach someone how to water ski is you put water skis on them and then you sit there on the dock and then you pull away. Right. Uh, and that's how you learn. So he would take us in shallow water and then he would go, he would put the skis on you so you couldn't run away from them. Oh, God. And then he would like put his hands, oh my God. he would put his hands underneath your crotch like this from To break. pick you up. And then he goes, now when the boat pulls, it's going to pull you up like this and it's going to. And then it's going to jerk you off. <laughs> and the only way to catch, you got to catch it in your mouth. <laughs> And so it what was. What the fuck, man? And so we looked at it like it was your job to get out of that situation. Oh, no. And if you got caught, we'd all laugh at you. I remember my friend, my friend Danny. <laughs> he's laugh. in the. Sh- you would laugh. We laugh. Oh, my God. We see him. Poor he's Danny. in the shallow water and he's going, now if the boat pulls you. And he goes like this. And Danny looks at us, Danny, and he goes. <laughs> he goes oh, no. and we're laughing and he's doing it in front of everybody yes and we're laughing oh, no. and laughing now did he actually molest anyone other than yeah. these inappropriate touches no he molested people oh boy was, he had to leave the church and all that stuff uh, he did he go, leave the church or did he just move him no just moved him he, he, had yeah, to, he went to Arizona him. for a sabbatical yeah yeah he's got, he needs our prayers at this. they sent out a note uh, like a letter to everybody's house mm. who was in the if you gave money they give you a letter was it here no evil the documentary where they you know there was one priest that um benedict who became the pope moved who went on to molest a hundred deaf kids oh no oh no yeah horrific horrific Uh. shit that 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 Uh. process of moving people was always terrifying because they basically let them know hey you're not even going to be punished for this we're just going to move you just going to move you yeah that's all that's, we do. Yeah, doesn't I know it? I don't understand. Terrifying, terrifying stuff. Yeah, why doesn't the FBI infiltrate the Catholic Church? Yeah, imagine <laughs> I, I did a joke about it on stage a while back. I was like, imagine if that many NASCAR f- drivers were fucking kids. How quick would they shut down NASCAR? If NASCAR pulled into town, and just <laughs> fucked all the kids, and drove around in a circle real quick. They'd be like, we got to shut this down. This is a crazy organization. But meanwhile, way more people are getting molested by the Catholic Church. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's a terrifying number. When you look at the numbers of people that have just accused them of, of sexual assault and molestation, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. And all the money they take that you give them on Sunday to go pay these people off is also... Yeah, I my- feel very fortunate that I ducked that. 
I got lucky. What I was out of Catholic school. Oh, you went to Catholic school? Yeah, for one year only, but oh. first grade. I was gone after first grade. And, uh, I, you know, I had friends that stayed, and I, know, I knew people that got touched. You know, it's just, it was, it's, it's, for people who are outside the Catholic faith, people who are, it's, there's something that, it, that happened, and it probably happened when they told them they couldn't get married anymore. Because it used to be the Pope could get married, the Pope was allowed to have children, and the priests were allowed to be married, and priests were allowed to have children, but they were rock stars. You have to realize, like back in the Lutheran days, the days of Martin Luther and those, those guys were fucking everybody. They would get at you in a, that confession. <laughs> You know, they, in the confession booth, tell me what you did, De Dolores. <laughs> and Dolores is out there just sucking dicks all day. Show me how you sucked it, Dolores. I mean, they were banging everybody. And then they, they came up with some sort of a, a reason why they should have to be celibate. And from then on... Well, so here's what, ha here's what I heard of what happened. was that So there was two ways to become nobility in the medieval times. You could be uh, born noble or you could get in, you buy your way into the church. Uh. And so you could become nobility. And so what would happen is these rich motherfuckers who would buy their way into the church would die, and then all their money would go to their kid, their firstborn. Mm. And the church is like, we got to get some fuck, we got to get our hands on that money. And so they passed the law. Hey, nobody can get married legally. They all did. They still had kids and shit, and they still had mistresses and whatever. Mm. But when they died, all their money and property went to the church. That makes sense. And so, of course, it's all about money. So that's the story I heard. If, if anybody heard different, let me know. I believe it's both. I bet, it's, I bet it had something to do with sex as well and preventing those guys from fucking everybody. You know, because they were rock stars. There was no rock stars back then. So the guys that they were the spokespersons for God would most likely be the ones who had God the most spoke. influence in the community. I mean, yes, there was God a kid that we went to school with who was uh, clearly gay and a uh, nice guy. And he was going to become a priest when we were all in high school together. So as we were like riding the bus going to high school, he was like a couple of years ahead of me and he was uh, leaving school and he was already on his way. What is it? Divinity school yeah. or seminary school? Seminary, I think. Yeah. He was on his way. And we were all like, we were all calling him father already. And it was just ridiculous. We we're all accepting the fact this guy was going to be a priest. But, you know, for him, it was, he was so obviously gay that, you know, I mean, I didn't give a shit, but I knew you could tell. He's gay. He's a gay guy. He never had any interest in girls, never was around them, kind of uh, just an oddly feminine man, and uh, decided to take up the priesthood. And we all, you know, treated him like he was different because he was going to become a priest. It's very weird. Yeah, you know, priests are still treated like rock stars in the Catholic Church today. I mean, you know. Yeah, and he was, meanwhile, was just another 16-year-old kid, just like us, you know? Maybe he was 17 at the time, and I think I was 15. But it was just, he wasn't any different than us, but we were calling him father and stuff, and it was just so strange. I had two uncles that went to seminary. Oof. One of them became a priest, and the other one, uh, over the summer, uh, had a friend who got pregnant, and he had to stop being, <laughs> get dropped out of the seminary. Wow. But when you went to my grandmother's house, as you walked up the steps into their living room, the two pictures she would have greeting you was a picture of both her sons in their priest outfit. So one was actually a priest and one had to go another. But they, mm. that's the picture she kept up. Right. The guy's bringing over his four kids to her house. There's the picture of him. Oh. And Daddy, why are you in the priest outfit? Yeah. <laughs> one point in time. So, yeah, so yeah that's... Um, are, you, are you still religious? Do you still go to church? No. Okay. No. I, I go because my I go to church a Baptist church in Pasadena because my my mother in law goes and she wanted she asked me to go. Oh, well, that's it's probably fun. And to I go. said, okay, I'll go. I'm being protested by the Westboro Baptist Church tomorrow. 
Are you? Yes. Where? In Kansas City. Oh, I'm very excited. Oh, that is that. Oh, I've always wanted to be protested. Very excited. Good for they, you. They put out a press release and they even responded to uh, my, my uh, I put out a post and they had a tweet. Someone who has no idea what God wants is speaking for God. Because ah! I, I said that if God, you know, if there is a God, they said I was an atheist, which I, I'm really not. I mean, I, I don't consider myself anything. I don't consider myself religious. I'm not an atheist. I'm just a person who doesn't know. And I, I That's don't, called an I agnostic, don't, yeah, I think, right? I'm more agnostic than anything, but I don't even want to put a label on it. So like, why should I have to be right. on someone's camp? You know, right. this, I, my my opinions are allowed to evolve, and I'm allowed to, and I've done a lot of drugs. I've seen some shit that I can't explain. You know, and psychedelics, man, will they'll get you, whatever confidence you have that there's no God. You go through a DMT trip, and you come out on the other end. You're like, okay, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Maybe I don't know anything. And that, that's, uh, I'm in the maybe I don't know anything camp. So I said that if there was a God, I don't know if there's a God, but if there was a, a God, he or she would probably be very disappointed. These hateful twats pretending they speak for him, putting up signs that say God hates fags. Like, you really think this is what God would want? That's outrageous. And so that's what they're upset about? Yeah, that you said that? that I speak for God. Oh, but they can speak for God. Yeah, they see God hates fags. They I don't <laughs> see that written anywhere. Look through the Bible. It never says God hates fags. That's their website is GodHatesFags.com. Just stop and think about that. I think they should take their Facebook page away. Do they have a YouTube I channel? I don't Does Westboro Baptist Church have a YouTube channel? But yeah, but don't don't you? I Hate mean, don't, speech. Yeah, don't you think we're living in a weird era of like people wanting to just uh, uh, discredit people, just yes. like get rid of them? Like, yes. oh, you you Cancel. don't you don't believe this one thing that the establishment says you have to. There's only one narrative on this Syrian war, and if you mm -hmm. go, if you go away from it, you're you're a bad person, and you're a and you're a you're an apologist for Assad, and you're a Putin puppet at all. Mm -hmm. It's like what the fuck? No, I just have a different uh, view on the war, and it's based on facts and evidence. Right. And I don't know if you know, but those people you're trusting now were the ones who continuously lied to us. So I've never lied to you about a war. You're you're upset because I'm skeptical of the people who constantly lie about war. Mm. That's just the and so that's just a weird thing and it's like this but I guess it's probably always been this way, Joe. I don't know. I just now that I'm experiencing it because I'm in the public talking about this stuff. And it's just weird how people are so quick to go along with the establishment. Look at how the lefties are defending the intelligence community, wishing Robert Mueller a fucking happy birthday on Twitter like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> So ridiculous. It's like, do you guys have any sense of history? Do you have any sense of recent history? No. It's just, it's, it's, it shows you how the hatred of someone could make people's lizard brains excited and then rational thinking goes out the, so uh, I love, you know, Ron Placone on my show says, you know, uh, I hate Trump as much as anybody, uh, but I'm not going to let him steal my critical thinking skills. And mm. so that's the same. And so the thing that I like about, you know, what our show does, we're very consistent. I don't have one set of rules for people I like and another set of rules for people I oppose. And I really, really appreciate that about you. And that's one of the things that I said about you the first time we came on is that you shoot straight no matter whether it's right or left whatever you see you call it like you see it there's no partisan politics and i think that's very important and it's so rare it doesn't exist anymore you know i was i was watching um or was listening rather to sam harris's one of his podcasts recently where his guest made a really important point saying that we're at this strange time in history where the, the news is different depending on what channel you watch it used to be you had different people telling you the news now you have different news if you totally different totally news. different news yes isn't that something and it's completely partisan i mean yeah. it's it's a hundred percent left or a hundred percent right and you're either all in with us 
And I feel like what we're talking about here and what you're describing is idea sports. Like this, this, this needing to shut people down. They want to get a result. They want to win the game. You know, like right now, they just slam dunked on Alex Jones, and they're high fiving all around the coffee shop. All the baristas are fucking psyched. You know, they're they're really excited. They're making espresso. Yeah, we shut them down. We fucking shut them down. We're gonna put on our masks and uh, our bike locks. We're gonna whack Trump supporters in the head tonight. Like this is is a strange time for ideas. You can't you can't even you can't even objectively assess the merits of an idea because the ideas have already been clearly delineated it's it's very clearly these are the acceptable ideas yes. this is the acceptable parameters of this conversation mm -hmm. these are the acceptable ideas and if and you go it. over them you are persona non grata yep. yeah, yeah that's a, that's where it's and real. That's, and you know meanwhile you turn on NBC it's just littered with liars yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so is fox and of it, course you know what i love shepherd smith shep smith he's a fascinating character what he is doing over there is going against everything he goes to get like the, you ever seen the the what sean hannity says versus shepherd smith yeah i've seen those it's videos fucking hilarious <laughs> it's pretty funny and he's right and he's not just right he's right constitutionally like what he's saying when he's describing what sean hannity said versus the reality oh. he's right he's right in terms of what is a law he's right yes. in terms of what you know whether or not something is legal or whether or not it's unethical yeah, and you know that that's the thing about like Shep Smith, like uh, when he gets something wrong, I think he's just genuinely getting it wrong. I right. don't think it's because he's trying to push it there. He's he might be unconsciously uh, corrupted, but not consciously. How did he get over there? I, I How is he over there? I don't I don't know. You tell me. Do you remember when Hannity was on with Combs? It was Hannity and Combs. Yeah, they took the weaseliest, weakest looking liberal they could find, a guy who looks like he just sweats canola oil. And they put him on TV opposite like this. Well, you know, right-wingers, you know how Sean met him? Right-wingers used to hire Alan Combs to, to come perform at his parties, and he would just cower in the corner. And that's uh, what they had to, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel so, was, I feel bad making fun of him because he's not alive anymore. He's not? Alex, Alan Combs, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Oh, when did he die? Uh, like a year ago or two years ago. Uh, Can you Google that and see if he... I'm pretty but sure. Hannity and him split up. The band broke up yeah. long before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And Young. He passed yeah. away in February last yeah. year. Yeah. February last year, so... Yeah, he was this guy... He was a very nice guy, though. I'm sure he was a nice guy, but it was almost like he didn't get <laughs> riled up on purpose to keep his job. He got riled up enough to make liberals look like pushovers, and so the people at home in Kansas would be like, stupid liberals. Yeah. Sean Hannity's my man. Sean Hannity's yeah. a good American. Yes. You know, like Sean Hannity with his big fat white bread eating face and that he was just the one who was telling the truth about the the, the real problem and the dems the, and it's it's so fascinating to see that video with shepherd smith just clearly and 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 very cleanly dissecting everything that hannity says well the the ironic there it is right here oh yeah that's the video six minutes of it but... yeah we can't play this though right uh, on youtube well, probably go. not yes news, there's no evidence to prove any of this is true Here after nearly 18 months. The Russian investigation is the opposite of a hoax. <laughs> and now, <laughs> indictments against Russian organizations and persons have been handed up. It's hilarious. Yeah, it goes on and on. Yeah, it goes on, and on. It's uh, Fox News, Shep Smith uh, shuts down Sean Hannity's lies and propaganda. How is, how is Shep Smith still at Fox News? How does that work? I, you tell me. 
It's interesting, right? Yeah, it is. Doesn't Sean Hannity's eyes look like he's... Uh, he's drugged up. Yeah. Their yeah, chief anchor. It's on some pills. His eyes, he looks like something's wrong. Who's their chief anchor? Shepard Smith. Yeah. And but the head me, of their breaking news division. But let yeah. me tell you about what Sean Hannity has been doing is that woman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, who beat Joe Crowley, and she's the big Democratic socialist, and everybody's got their bush in a knot over it because, oh, my God, uh, she's the corporate Democrats hate her, the right wing, she freaks out, right, because he's yeah. actually going to help people. And Sean Hannity's been, like, reading out, like, look what she likes. She wants to have uh, Medicare for all. She wants to have free college. She wants a living wage. She wants to end the war. And people, I'm sure, almost half his audience are like, that sounds looking pretty good. That's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know, Sean, things are tough out here in the heartland. Is that possible to do all those things? We can. I don't have to worry about medical bills for shouldn't, my fucking kids anymore. I'd be fantastic. try for that? I don't have to worry about sending my kids to college. It's awesome. Because you yeah. have war, you have endless money for these wars. I'm sure you have some money for us, right? I Isn't mean, college subsidized? Like, why is it so expensive? <laughs> why is it so expensive? So it, it's actually backfiring. In fact, I there was a poll that Fox and Friends and Friends and Friends put out that said... Um, <laughs> Fox and Friends, Super Friends. Super Friends. <laughs> and it said, do you think the $32.6 trillion for Bernie... Sanders' Medicare for All plan is worth it. Of course, they left out the other part, which turns out it saves two point something trillion dollars, right? Right. That's the part they leave out. So they're gaslighting their own viewers, just like all news organizations lie to their own viewers. So uh, they that poll went up, and seventy three percent of the Fox and Friends and Friends and Friends viewers said they want Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All. Seventy three percent, and thirty thousand people voted in that poll. So that's not just nothing. Yeah. So I, 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 it's it's like so now they're they think that's scary socialism. It doesn't scare people anymore because now there's the internet. People can go look what it's like to live but in Denmark. What's it like to live? The way you say it, though, it's like do you say, "Do you support communism? Do you support socialism?" <laughs> yeah. Then people will say, no, "No, I don't support communism." Do you support Medicare? Yeah. yeah. Do you support Social Security? Of course. Do you support public education? Yes. Okay. Are you for public roads? Are you for the post office? Are you for the fire department? Are you for the yeah? Yes. Yeah. This right. this is all socialism. Yeah. You like it libraries? Is. You like yes? Yeah. That's all socialism. Yeah. And, There's good aspects to it, and so yeah. particularly like free healthcare. Who the fuck wants someone that you love to be shit out of luck where they can't go to a doctor because they can't afford it? And what if they die? Come on. So, so when I went to Norway, and uh, my friend Steve O went to Norway too, and something that he noticed is hot Norwegian broads. Oh, did we ever? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and guys too, and the guys Gary, don't leave out the guys. The, oh, the fellas. They, I got to tell you, they do wear comically tight pants. The guys do? In Europe. Yeah. It's like, you know, my wife says, it's like, you know, those, she goes up to, the fashion designers are fucking with you. You know that, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, I always wanted to know what your keys look like shrink wrapped. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? How many comics you see on stage, you can see what their fucking phone make is yeah. and their key. Oh, you drive a BMW. That's nice. It's like, what the fuck? You want to make I... sure they can't run away quick. Yeah. Want <laughs> to have their legs bound up. Skinny jeans. Anyway, but over there, when they talk about uh, healthcare, we do, we go. Oh, you do you like free healthcare? They go. We don't call it free healthcare. We call it included, because mm. it's included in your taxes. That just makes like sense. just like your yeah. public education here, just like your streets and roads here, just like your fire department. Fire department. Your it's included. We yeah. don't go. You get free police. You get free fire department. No, it's included in the your roads. taxes. Road, your roads. Road maintenance. Yeah. And so that's the funny thing that that Sean Hannity and the right wing they think they can scare people by saying, "Look, all the stuff they're off." No, if the Democrats would have been off, Hillary Clinton would have been offering people something. Maybe half the country who didn't vote would have came out and voted for her. So that's the thing. You, you the Democrats have nothing to offer people, and which is why they're a shit show on a failed party, and they've lost. They're wiped out at every level of government. And so if they take over, it's. It, 
it, it, like in the Congress, there's a big there's a chance they might. Uh, it's just again, it's they're they're the ones doing the bidding for Trump. They just handed him more money for defense than he even asked for. So if Trump, here's the thing, here's the funny thing: if Trump is a maniac, they like to say he's unhinged, he's a maniac, and he shouldn't have his finger on the button. Let's give him eighty billion more dollars for bombs. Those two things are incongruent. Those don't go together. So you're bullshitting me on one end or another. Do you think he's going to get through this without going to jail? He, he um, yes. Do you think his son's going to go to jail? I, you know, I'm not a good at predicting things, but they should all go to jail because they're probably all corrupt doing corrupt shit. But if you put a special prosecutor on anybody, I could they'll find crimes on anybody. You know, the shit they're prosecuting Manafort for doesn't have anything to do with the election or Trump's campaign. It's all shit before the Trump's campaign when he was in collusion with Tony Podesta from the Podesta group. He was funneling money from fucking Ukraine and they were giving it through the Podesta Foundation. So... It, uh, is that what he's getting charged for? He's, he's getting charged for shit that happened before he ever even worked for Trump. So that's the part they don't tell you. They go, metaphor, charge. But then, then in the 80th paragraph, they go, this has nothing to do with the election. Every article's like that. So it's just a matter of them deciding to put a microscope up your ass and find things you did wrong. They put a microscope up Bill Clinton's ass about uh, some land deal in Arkansas and it ended up going to a blowjob in the Oval, Oval Office and he got impeached for it. So they got rid of the special prosecutor after that because they realized that you'll find crimes on anybody if you put a special prosecutor on them. And, they got, and now they bring it back for Trump. They don't, they're not prosecuting literal fucking war criminals, Joe, literal, we know they're war criminals. There was a thing called the torture program. We know that it was a real thing. No one goes to jail. Nobody's prosecuted. But God damn it, they got a special prosecutor for Trump. Not that they shouldn't. But we all know if you put a special prosecutor on anybody in Washington, they're going to find a lot of fucking crimes. Yeah, they know what they're doing. It's all the same game. And this thing about not registering as foreign agents, and they all play the same game. They don't register as foreign agents until they get caught. And then the government allows them to go backtrack and re-register. But they're not doing that. Now, oh, we're not going to let Manafort. He, he made a mistake. So, again, there's ways to oppose Trump. And the Russia thing isn't it. The way to oppose Trump is you offer people something else. He ran to the left of Hillary Clinton on foreign policy. He wanted to end our foreign wars, his, according to his rhetoric in his campaign. He wanted to give everybody health care. Remember, everyone's going to get health care and it's going to be cheaper. That was yeah. his plan. Of course, he's, not, he's doing the exact opposite. Yeah. So, but who does the thing they say they're going to do? Whoever, um, whoever does the who, thing, who's ever done it? Um, no one, n nobody. That's why you got. That's why democracy is not based on trust. It's based on mistrust. It's based on transparency. You remember that bit that Bill uh, Bill Hicks used to do about uh, that? Is something along the lines of, "I think that when you get elected, they bring you into a smoky room filled with globalists and they show you an angle of the Kennedy assassination that you've never seen before." <laughs> They they roll it. They and go. They roll, Any questions? Any qu yeah, what, what's my agenda? <laughs> but it almost seems like that's what happens. Obama. Obama changed his tune. Remember on the Hope and Change website that had all that shit about whistleblowers. Uh, oh yeah. Being afforded protection. That was all gone the day he got elected. That was all. Well, he stood up for a while Walt. ago. It took a while for him being in office before they realized that was still in there uh -huh. and then deleted it all. He disbanded his own followers, right? So when he got elected, Barack Obama, he had all these young people who were activated, and they signed up. He had a mailing list. He had all their names. And we want to go do shit for you. We want to go be act. And they were like, get rid of them. And he did. He got really? rid of them because you can't control them. They, yes. They fuck them. And that's, you know, and, you know, then Bernie Sanders has his campaign and says, everybody, we got to fight this fucking evil machine. And then on a dime, he goes, hey, by the way, let's join this evil machine. It's a what little, do you think happens? 
Um, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I'm not good at that. I know what people have said. Chris Hedges said that Bernie Sanders didn't want to end up like Ralph Nader, who was unfairly held accountable again for the Democrats. The Democrats lost to Hill, to fucking a game show host. OK, yeah. and that's what this is all about. They can't come to terms with this and they don't want us to examine the system that gave us Trump. And they don't want to examine yeah. how they could have the most qualified person who couldn't even beat fucking Donald Trump. That's how qualified you were, you son of a bitch. Well, they wanted Trump to win because they thought he would be the easiest guy to beat in the election. That was that. So isn't it funny that nobody gets mad at them? Nobody's upset at Chris Hayes for having empty podiums of Trump for a whole show, which I saw. And then he wags his finger at Susan Sarandon. You're the son of a bitch who propped Trump up and you didn't cover uh, Bernie Sanders because you were fucking told not to. And we know that for a fact because of Ed Schultz. And now you're going to pretend like you're a sanctimonious fucking prick and you're going to wag your finger at people with no money and no power. Meanwhile, you have the biggest microphone of anybody and you fucking prop Donald Trump up and you don't take responsibility. That's why he's a piece of shit. Look at you. He's got me very excited. Very excited. That's Jimmy. why. He's doing their bidding right now. All <laughs> those people are doing their bidding because Ed Schultz revealed and Phil Donahue, if you tell the truth, they will fucking fire your ass. They've got guys like Ellie Vesci and, and Rachel Maddow pretending they don't know how net neutrality works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it good? It's, it's a big thing. I know it's important, but I don't know. Which way? We'll see how it rolls out. I don't know. <laughs> That's what tools are. Hey, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, too. I'm just not being offered 30 grand a day to sell my soul. I would. It seems confusing to me that they're thinking about using Hillary again. Because <laughs> it seems to me that she's starting to make her way back into news cycles and giving speeches. And she has a pack that's supposed to be supporting women who are running for office, except not Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Well, she's see, going to prop up the most corrupt motherfucker New York has had for a long time. Why? why it was supposed to be about just women. It was gender. That's based. what she says. That's why what is she, it gender based. She said she was starting a pack to help encourage women to run. That's I read that in an interview with her. And I'm like, really? Why isn't that pack then supporting Cynthia Nixon? Why are you supporting? You know, what the fuck? What of course, Cynthia it's all Nixon bullshit. Run under? She was she independent. She's running a Democrat hmm. and she's running against Cuomo. And um, so of course, of she's course, running for mayor. No. Governor. governor? governor. She's running for governor in New York? Mm-hmm. I knew she was running for something. I didn't know it was that big. And, you know, Cuomo's just one of the most corrupt... Mo- he's a, he, he's just... A, again, we have one-party rule. We have corporate rule. And all right. these people are in bed with the corporations because they're bought, because that's the way our elections work. Right. And that's the pro- That's why Hillary Clinton has a private position and a public position. And I'm not saying she's the only one, but she's the one that we know actually literally said that because of WikiLeaks, thank God. Yeah. And that again, I'll go back to Julian Assange. The fact that none of the reporters in the United States are sticking up for Julian Assange shows you that what they do is fucking wrestling, and they don't do real journalism. Wrestling. And what's really interesting about the Julian Assange thing is if you ask people what he did, the, the, because of the re- reductionist thinking, because of they've, they've allowed this narrative to play forth, they'll say he's accused of sexual assault. <laughs> And when you find out the actual facts of it, he it's had ridiculous. sex with a woman, consensual sex, and in the middle of the night, he stuck it in without a condom. And they they're calling it they were calling it surprise sex, right? <laughs> I don't know. But there's no, I mean, it didn't make any sense. And why are you the, the ext- extraditing who, him to the United States for surprise sex that he had in where was it Norway or somewhere? The first, of course, they're going to come at you. Of course, the, if they want to, if the CIA wants to get you, the first thing they do, oh, he's I bet she's a rapist. Let's get some yeah. people. And that whole prosecutor who tries to prosecute was discredited for doing so. They were apologized to Julian Assange. The UN, yeah, and the woman stood, stood up for too. stood up for Julian Assange and the woman, yeah. 
So this but meanwhile, is... they're still they still have him hold up in the Ecuador mm-hmm. embassy. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do? They want to kick him out, right? Well, the ACLU is, I think, supporting him in the United States. So, and you know, certain people of character are are are, are I think supporting him, or the the I guess not him, but the idea of journalistic integrity, freedom of speech, the right to publish. If you watch that movie, The, the Post, which was all about Daniel Ellsberg and the and the Vietnam, uh, the Pentagon Papers, which exposed that four administrations were lying to us about the Vietnam War. Not a Republican, not a Democrat. They're all, the same. again, the same fucking two wings of the same party, two right wings. It's the military-industrial party. And the hero of that movie is the woman who was the head of the Washington Post. Not Daniel Ellsberg. He was the real fucking hero. But how can you make that movie in this day and age and not mention Chelsea Manning, not mention Edward Snowden, and not go, you know, the, the Daniel Ellsbergs of today, we imprison them. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We imprison the Daniel Ellsbergs of today. And everybody, I, I watch panels of the actors from that movie and the director and sit around talk. Nobody ever brings that shit up. It's unfucking believable to me that they don't understand that they're just they're doing that's propaganda. Look how good our Washington Post is. Washington Post went on to let us into every fucking war after that movie was supposedly made. Right. So after after they did that and they printed that, they backed every goddamn war since. They're the ones who told us that the Saddam had uh, weapons of mass destruction. And it was irrefutable. That was the headline on their editorial page. It wasn't some op-ed. It was their editorial board said irrefutable. Now, isn't that fake news? Should they have their Facebook page taken down? That actually led to the fucking death of millions of people. So... um, I, this is what this is. This is why I have a show. This is what I'm talking about. And thank God, the uh, in a sense, thank God the media sucks so bad because now I get to do their job. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. I'm a C student, jagoff, nightclub comedian, and I do my job better than they do. Well, you don't have a boss. That's and the thing. Not you're not beholden to anybody. I was just offered a TV show, and I want to say by who. And. Um, uh, I was, Satan. I was Satan, and I was offered anything I wanted. Jimmy, you want to do? You want to do five days in the morning? You want to do one day a week? You want to do this? I'll give you your own studio, your own crew, the whole deal. And I had to look at the guy. And I said, you know, I've been waiting my whole career for someone to make me an offer like this, and I just have to tell you, no thanks. Wow. And he's like, what? What do you want? And I said, I don't want anything. I already have everything I want. And I'm, he, and I, I don't want to drive across town and go do a show in somebody else's studio. I walk out my back door, I do my show in my garage. I don't fucking need your money. I don't need the boss. Wow. I don't need it. I'm selling out theaters right now. That's what I want to do. I go. I don't want. Yeah. I want to spend less time in the studio and more time touring because that's fun. Yeah, dude, it is unbelievable. I, I, the best part of my life is right now. It's unbelievable. Isn't that funny? I'm so glad I didn't kill myself eight years ago. <laughs> I was so, I was so close to killing myself. I'm so glad I didn't. And it was my hatred for people that kept me alive. Amazing. Because uh, I was, I didn't want people. I already said this, I think, to you. I didn't want people to go, "Aha, he didn't make it." I yeah. was like, "Fuck you!" I yeah. am making it, and then I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. They'll use that as a see. See, he's not. But uh, he, he killed it. himself. He didn't get suicided. It was, he didn't get silenced. I didn't. Mm, Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was I was just back in Chicago and I played a place called Thalia Hall, which is fucking. That's beautiful. where Brian Callen just did his uh, his new special. Beautiful. I have a video up from that show on my channel. Oh, it was so. I used to live when I started to be a comedian. I moved to that neighborhood. It was back then. It wasn't a nice neighborhood, right? It was like a tougher neighborhood. But I got to live closer to the city, and all my comedian friends lived there because it was affordable. And now it's being gentrified and shit. And they've got this new theater, and it's, I mean it's not new, but it's old, and they refurbished it. And it's 600 people, and I came out, and it was just like, 
oh, it was just like heaven, you know? And there, like my whole career, I tried to figure out how to get people to stand up at the end of my set. Like, how do I get what? I don't want to do it in a shitty way. I want to manipulate them, but I want to have it come from my heart and inspire people and make them want to stand up, you know, to get a standing ovation, right? And now they stand up when I come out. Wow. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's already done. So this is the greatest time of my life. And it's because nobody, you know, people can't get anywhere else what I'm doing. Uh, there's just nothing else like it. You know, Bill Maher, God bless his soul, you know, he's a corporatist and he's part of the problem, right? And I like, I like Bill Maher. I, loved, I read his book that he, read about, he wrote about comedy. I bet you didn't even know he had one. It was, it was really funny. I really, oh, no, no, no. The, uh, the novel. I read yeah, that. It's cr- true, I think it was yeah. called True Stories. True Story. Yeah. yeah. I love that book. That's a great book. I read that book about, twice. What was one guy's name? Shit. Shit, fuck, chink, and something else. Yeah. Uh, wow, he better be careful. He better be careful because that's not find good. out about that book. Yeah. It's got an ethnic slur that's in right. one of the characters' names. That's right. That was from the 80s, wasn't it? 90s. 90s? Yeah. So he basically- he wrote about it. He wrote about how comedy, modern day comedy got started. Yeah. And how it, it was really interesting. It's a good book. About he would go on the road and it would be the he'd be the first comedian a club had ever seen and they didn't know he was, like the waitresses didn't know he was leaving the next week. She like that it was like wow. like it didn't sink in how things worked it was such an interesting book to read anyway but you know now he's uh, you know he, he brags that he gave a million dollars to barack obama which fantastic too but did he really yeah i'm not on air so you know it's just like i get it i i aspire to be bill maher i aspire to be a millionaire for 30 years and a little bit out of touch I, that's good for you you did it <laughs> <laughs> you did it Oh, God. So anyway, but it's good. You know, again, I get upset because I want him to be better or be more like I want him to be. Yeah. But it actually helps me. Right. So if the, the more he's mm-hmm. he shifts to the right, the more yeah. his audience comes to me. Right. And the more I get on stage, all I have to do is mention his name on stage at a live show and people <laughs> boo him. Right. Really? Yeah. It's progressives don't like him. No, he's he when doesn't did that happen. When did that happen? Bernie Sanders campaign. Really? Mm-hmm. He doesn't get that there's a difference, that there's a difference between Hillary and, and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> How could he not get it? You tell me. He he's had he, we 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 I play videos of him saying that yeah. Now they were basically the same. What's the big deal? Then these progressives are just being babies. And isn't it funny progressives are being babies when they won't support warmongering corporatists, but centrist corporatists are being adults when they fuck over progressives. They don't they don't ever accommodate them. They don't ever drop their values and come over and be progressives. We're always supposed to go that way. They never go the other way. That unity means hey, you guys shut the fuck up and fall in line and become a corporate that's what they mean when they say unity and it ain't happening and i'm telling you bernie sanders is making a big mistake by not starting a third party right now that's how you influence if he does not win the democratic nomination in 2020 what has he built over these four years fucking nothing do you think he's gonna run yeah he's gonna run in 2020 yes that's what this is all about that's what this is all about i thought he had said he was done I thought he said he was going to try again. He's running again. You think so? If there's, I, I'll make that prediction. Yeah? I'll make that prediction. I'll bet you a dollar. I'll bet you $2. Woo! Double down. Okay. <laughs> five bucks. Okay. All right. Ooh, we're on. I'll go five bucks. You sell Talia Hall. You can afford five bucks. Best time of my life. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm so happy. happy. For you. I can't believe That's it. That's amazing. It's so nice. And I have no representation right now, by the way. I have none. Ooh, I never... That's even better. It's almost yes. That's even better. You get all the cheddar. I was working, I was working with this guy, uh, Alex Murray, who's a great guy. I love Alex Murray, and he got me specials. He got me Comedy Central specials, a Hulu special. He sold a book for me. Fucking great guy. I love Alex Murray. But he got real busy, right? He represents uh, a bunch of really – Chris Hardwick, and you know, he had like – anyway, and Jim Gaffigan, all these guys he represents. So he got too busy for me, which I understand. It was weird. He stopped – so we stopped working together right as my show started uh-huh. taking off. <laughs> 
right as I'm like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden, people start showing up in clubs when I'm there, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And we start selling out weeks ahead of time. I'm like, holy fuck. I did the Chicago Theater in... How many seats is that? 3,700. Jesus, you are popular. Pretty popular. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I did the Chicago Theater many years ago, and uh, I remember saying uh, something about the podcast, and I said... How many of you guys listen to the podcast? And it was a roar through the crowd. And I went, whoa. That was when I realized. I was like, whoa. Oh, something's yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. Like, I didn't think. I thought it was going to be like 10% of the people. Yeah. I got it. I don't, I don't pay attention to anything, man. This is one of the secrets for me staying me. And people, and people have accused me of changing. It's called I evolve as evolve, a person. Yeah. I, I, I learn more. I study myself. I'm ruthlessly critical of myself. I'm very analytical, self-analytical, and I don't like a lot of the stuff I do. <laughs> this is just so I get better at it, hopefully. But um, I just didn't know that anybody was paying attention. I didn't wasn't I wasn't looking. I don't look at numbers. I, don't, mm -hmm. I occasionally look and I go, Ugh, too. I don't want to think about that, and I don't think about it. I just do it. But that moment where I was in front of 3,700 people, I go, how many of you guys listen to the podcast? And they went, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. This is not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a bunch of people, mm -hmm. but a bunch of people like, no, man, no, Fear Factor, UFC, whatever. And um, that's when I realized something was going on. That's, that's a weird feeling, right? When you realize all these people are coming to see you because of something you did yourself. Yeah, it was the yes, because of something you did. And it was, it was when I stopped trying almost. It was when Same I, with Marin. You know, when yeah. Marin stopped trying is when WTF took yes. off. Yes, that's same with me. Like when I stopped censoring myself or overthinking, like I would go on stage and I would have my jokes down to a science, right? Yeah. And that's obviously YouTube is not that way. And I just let it rip. And that's the thing that connected with people. It's yeah. so amazing. And and the Burbank, they, they had that Burbank Comedy Festival at that Flappers Comedy Club. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, they go, would you do a sh you know your podcast here at, at five o'clock on a Thursday or whatever? And I was like, okay, I'll do it for you, whatever. And uh, I, I to be about five people there who's gonna fucking show up at five o'clock on a Thursday in Burbank right the place is almost full and I was like uh oh <laughs> that's when I was like whoa <laughs> what the fuck's going on five o'clock and there were yeah. there were there were girls there I am not I'll never forget this that they came from Compton whoa. and they were like oh we had to get off work we had to get a ride we got here we woke we had to see and I was like wow I'm really connecting with people right that uh, yeah. that don't look like me and but they yeah. share the same ideology and it's just it's like when I would go see George Carlin if you ever went and saw him live there were 80 year old hippies and there were teenager kids and there was everybody in between and that's what it looks like at my shows and it makes me so fucking happy it's it's so that's when it that's when it's I was like woo and I was like thanks flappers for making me do this show because now I realize well, listen Jimmy I'm happy for you too and I, I really think that you're one of the only people out there that really doesn't toe a line one way or the other you really do speak the truth and I said that about you the first time I said it about you before I ever had you on I was like this guy just says what he thinks whether you agree with him or disagree with him you can't point to him and say oh this guy is just a left-wing hack or this guy is a right-wing apologist or whatever it is you just say what you think and that is so refreshing and it's so valuable there's just not enough of that today there's not enough and these people that are super intelligent that think that if you vote one way it's a protest vote and you shouldn't have a protest vote because you're throwing away your vote and you're gonna let the right-wing people win like you're missing everything you're missing this whole thing this whole thing is super complicated. It's very complicated. And the only way to see through the haze is to be honest. 
And you're one of the only people that's doing it. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that there's a lot of common ground, especially when it comes to getting corporations' fingers out of our government and ending wars. I think a lot of people agree on that, and that actually scares the establishment. Yeah, I think it does. Jimmy. Joe. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I really, I really, really appreciate it. Tell people how they get your show. Tell people what your, uh, your Twitter page. All so that just, just go to JimmyDoreComedy.com. That's my website. And we're on the YouTubes at uh, YouTube.com slash the Jimmy Door Show. And I'm on Twitter, Jimmy underscore Door, the whole thing. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it, too. Jimmy Door, ladies and gentlemen. 